Okay, for everybody here this morning, uh, a little, one of the commissioners might have been late. If you don't know, the church is hosting the burn down the grounds. Very bad. Uh, so, uh, most, most of the county first responders are out there. Josh, we're just going to wait to come in and say. Somehow I got a little fresh, but I don't know. 
I leave you hoping that the lamp of liberty will burn in your bosoms until there shall no longer be a doubt that all men are created free and equal. End quote. Abraham Lincoln. Whereas the Emancipation Proclamation was issued by President Abraham Lincoln on January 1st, 1863, declaring the quote, that all persons held as slaves are and henceforward shall be free in. Whereas on that day, President Lincoln has been quoted as saying, I never felt more certain that I was doing right than I do in signing this paper. And whereas due to the Civil War, news of the proclamation did not reach Texas until 1865. Whereas on June 19, 1865 in Galveston, Texas, Major General Gordon Granger read General Order Number 3, which informed the people of Texas that all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and property rights between former masters and slaves. And whereas the proclamation effectively freed over 250,000 slaves in the state of Texas. And whereas Juneteenth celebrated on June 19th of every year is the holiday that is celebrated the emancipation of Texas slaves. Now therefore let it be known to all men that the Commissioner's Court of Fayette County recognizes the great contributions that its African American citizens have made to Fayette County by proclaiming Emancipation Day in Fayette County. And hereby proclaim the year 2022 is the anniversary of the Emancipation Proclamation. Let these words herein be spread upon the minutes of the Fayette County Commissioner's Court this ninth day of June 2022 and all the commissioners and myself have signed. Would you like to provide a few comments to us on this special day? First of all, good morning, judges. Good morning, everyone. Just, I'm Jonathan Ellis with the Juneteenth Committee. Our theme is unity in the community. It's not about just one group of people. It's about our community. Everybody sees what's going on everywhere in, in other communities. It's important that we know our neighbors and not just our immediate neighbors to the left. So unity in the community is, involves our spiritual. It involves helping each other. We have a program, and I, I don't know if the judge is welcome to do that. On the 17th, we have a gospel that's closing on the 17th. We have food come in, and we have little, little trays of food for everybody. On the 18th, we have kings and queens for young people to encourage their growth. And so we feed everybody in the community that we can. It doesn't cost anything at all. We, we gather our money from fundraising, power washes, whatever we can do to, to get money to give this, give this program each year. HEB uh, <coughs> helps us some. A lot of businesses donate in the community, donate gifts. Because we have a raffle and then we have tickets for people to draw whoever comes and still win something. It's really trying to get everybody in the community to know each other. So that's what we do. We present it. We all have fun. Uh, we have a parade on the 18th also. Uh, January, we have a walk with Martin Luther King from the from the, uh, square here to the library. This year, next, it'll be for Faison House, which is located down there across the library. So I just ask everybody to come and have fun. You can meet neighbors. You can meet other people. And that way... The crime rate is low here now. It always has been. So we can keep it down because you know your neighbors. Sometimes we don't want to talk, but just smile at them. 
and we get to know a neighbor, you know somebody that don't belong in that area on your property. So I just ask everybody to support us, come out, have a good time, don't cost you anything. Just have a good time. Would you be willing to take a picture? <laughs> yeah, I'll take a picture. Come on up here. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, that's the, you want to get, this is the original, right? Yes, it is. Okay. I missed it. I didn't give you that. Oh. Hold that now. Oh. Yeah. Did you say smile? One more. Did he say where this is going to take place? At the Randolph Center. Okay. The parade will start right by the HEB. I'm sorry. That's okay. All right. Uh, one, two, three. Okay. Right, inside, I'm going to take one more. <laughs> All right. One, two, and three. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is this the one he gets? Yes, he gets. Yes, sir. He gets all of Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. 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 Uh, agenda item four is to consider take appropriate action concerning whether or not to enter an order restricting outdoor burning in the unincorporated areas of the county. Uh, and we have gone out, I think, with the through the RNS system and uh, to the fire chiefs, and I've seen several comments back from them. I haven't seen all nine or ten of them, but so I just opened it up for commissioners because I think we have still to get to y'all and give your, you know, your thoughts on it. Chief Crossy said he's before the couldn't work that back into the recent dry weather and the heat and everything. Wind has been so good. Also dry. And Tony has a mobility system on the table. There he is as well. The only one that said no to it was Winchester. Uh, but I was out there a couple days ago and it's, it's turning dry quick. And, uh, and it's just still amazing the amount of people who like fires. And right across my parents' house, somebody left 10 brush piles yesterday and left. And luckily, they didn't go anywhere. They burned the whole edge of the tree line because the heat was so extreme. But I mean, and the wind was blowing all day long. I don't understand that. Be nice if there was some way we could, for a situation like that, if burn, burn piles started and unattended, that they can be fine for that. I'm not sure if that can happen, but it'd be nice. I mean, if somebody drove away from them and let them unattended, they should be some consequences for that. Even though they didn't get out of control, it should be, I'm not sure if that can be enforced by them. It was also brought to my attention that they thought it'd be a good idea that if we would have, when we do have a burn ban on, or we, even if we don't have it, 
people would call in and let them know they have a control burn because a lot of times they get a call and they send the deputy out there for nothing. They stand in there controlling it. And I know I spoke with Mr. Ranch about that recently about how they respond to a lot of calls and they, they tie a deputy up going out there to a call when they didn't need to. You know, so if everybody had to call in, even if it was a control burn that you got, you take care of it, call in and let them know about it. So they don't, somebody don't see smoke and send a deputy out there for no reason. That's the same thing with the fire alarm. It's nothing like waking up 37 guys at 2 o'clock in the morning to go see a control burn. So, yeah. What if they didn't have a control burn at 2 o'clock in the morning? Well, I mean, if you light a fire during the day and it's big, it's just a Yeah, it's not a big call to burn. It's 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 a, you know, people see a flame or see a glow in there. Especially along yeah. I-10 or 77. They see any so it's probably a good idea to come out and go to five guys. I just assume most people did that, but I guess a lot of people I guess not. Well, maybe we need to look at some kind of here where anybody yeah, right, control burn out. has you to come and maybe the, get a permit for it. The permit won't cost you anything maybe or something. I don't know, but that's the only way I know we would have any ability to force people to let us know we have a control burn. I wouldn't say we need a permit. That's just more well, of I mean, more of a headache. Well, they, they, they would at least call in and let them know yeah, so I, the dispatcher don't send somebody out. Yeah. So how do we get the word out to ask people to please call in Sheriff's Department if they're having a control burn. That's the papers that help us out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the papers, Facebook, uh, website. Can, can, can we do anything else? Can you fit that underneath? Because it'll have that burn band tab mm -hmm. on the front. Can you put that if it was green saying, hey, please call in? I'll talk to Jeff about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think we can. And then, too, we can probably also put it on our website because that's another place that's always listed whether it's a burn band or not. Say, hey, if you're, we're not in a burn band right now, but please. Call the sheriff's department to let them know that you're right. You know, a lot of the banks, they all advertise. Burn Band, maybe they can have that flash and chicken that are also. Please call in first or whatever. Okay. But anyway, good idea. Okay, do I have a motion that sounds to me like we need to implement the Burn Band? I move we enter an order restricting outdoor burning in the unincorporated areas of Fayette County effective June 9, 2022. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? Hopefully this won't be on there too long, but the projection does not look good yeah. as far as the heat and temperatures and the winds, but uh, it's, it's needed at this time. So all in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item five is to hear a report from Josh Vander, our EMS director. Good morning. Uh, so for the month of May, uh, we Ran on 246 runs. Bill uh, total of $492,524. $492,524. Uh, we received $125,678 in payments uh, for an average uh, receivable per transport of $510.89. Um, you can see in the visualization that's in your report that there's some graphs and charts and stuff. That's just something that's kind of new that they're working on. Figured I would share with you guys. Uh, if you happen to be a more visual uh, person. Um, we're on track right now um, through May. We're bringing in about $177 a month, and that's offset because of the low months from A&B and our new building company. $177? $1,000 a month, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, already been a day. Uh, uh, we are projecting to our revenue uh, from 
billing this year by about six hundred thousand um, dollars. So the, the new billing company is still working out, doing really well for us. And as you can see, unfortunately, that visualization chart doesn't show the percentages, but I think this month we were only at about seven percent of self-pay. Everything else is from insurance and Medicare, uh, which is a good thing. Seven point seven percent. Um, so, which is a good thing. We've increased our revenue um, quite a bit, and very little of that is coming from uh, patients. Um, as far as everything else going on, you know, we've been doing a lot of education lately at the EMS station. Uh, yesterday and today, they're uh, working on some ventilator training in the morning. In the afternoon, they're doing training on pediatrics, taking care of kiddos. Um, we call pediatric patients a high-risk, low-frequency skill. Um, you don't see a kiddo every day on the ambulance, thank goodness, but when you do, it's very stressful, even if it's very mild. And this class kind of forces you to look at that kid in the same lens you would look at a 50 or 60-year-old patient. Um, and the crews have been really receptive to that. It is obviously getting hot. We've, we've provided some fire, fire support at grass fires with campies and water and uh, chairs and checking the firefighters' vital signs. We've got an ambulance at one right now. Um, which is, it's definitely added some stress. So with relation to that, you know, burn ban conversation, it is something that we deal with too as a county EMS and the sheriff's office ties up units on these things too. Um, that's all I have uh, for that report. Unless you have any questions, I'll be glad to answer them. you want to give us a little rundown just now of where we are with the equipment and, uh, you know, vehicles you got to come in or... And then... The EMS facilities themselves, could you just take a few minutes? So the facility in Round Top, uh, the fire chief out there contacted me early this week and said that we're about two to three months out from completing that. Um, so uh, in the budget workshop, I'll present to you guys some options that we have for staffing for next budget year, uh, but I'll also be bringing up, it may be time to start hiring some of those positions now. Um, as I've kind of said to the commissioners, I think in court, maybe just privately before, um, August is, is prime time, time of the year to hire paramedics because August is when semesters in and paramedic schools start graduating students. Um, so waiting till December, you know, you kind of, you're not really taking the pick of the litter, you're getting what's left. And uh, so that's something that we want to kind of look at is maybe doing that. The Schulenberg Station, the contract with the builder, so we accepted the bid, the contract from the builder is on the uh, agenda today. Uh, so we'll go over that. They've already come out and done soil samples, drew, uh, drove by the property and saw, and they've already sent us some preliminary work to start working through some selections. And they're very confident that that process is going to move along quickly once they, they should get the soil samples. So when did you say you saw the polls? Tuesday. So 10 days from Tuesday should be when they have their soil analysis and they should be able to plan a uh, plan their construction, their, their foundation, get their engineering specs and, and get moving with that. Uh, Flatonia, the shower uh, was installed yesterday. Uh, the floors have been redone. The AC has been reducted. Um, they built... Gutters on the front. Gutters. They built the, the overhang over that side door that was having some water leakage. They build that overhang. They, the painters are there and working, I believe, now, uh, and they're expected to be done with that next week. 
So that product, that project should be, it, it took a long time to get started, but they've maintained the original schedule that they gave us once they got started. Um, and that station looks great. It's a, uh, it's almost a whole new place. I think they have cabinets left. Or have you been? They've there? been. Uh, they've been there every day. Once they, once they got started, they've been there just about every day. Four or five people in and out. So they've been working pretty steady. But it, just like everything else, uh, Keith said that they had still wait. They were waiting on material. They they really got started at least thirty days or more behind schedule. Just on the start date, kind of. Thing. He said the big delay was his flooring. Yeah, the flooring. Uh, and. Him and his subcontractor talked every day, and he was on him pretty good. And finally, it showed up, and apparently, it showed up like late one weekday, and the next day they were installing it. So uh, we're we're happy with how that's coming along. Uh, and then you know, stations one, the Lagrange station and Fayetteville station are still operating just fine. No, no hurdles there. Appreciate it. It's great. Uh, I mean, I think we're. And we're blessed to have our own uh, EMS in the county. Uh, a lot of the county struggled with that, and they contracted out and stuff. We, we're blessed to have that, and uh, I think to have you as the director and, and your folks not only looking at the present, how we can better serve the community and the county, but into the future. And I think a lot of the things you're doing are preparing us for the future and, uh, so you can better provide service. So it's good. We appreciate it. I was curious about, I asked him about why they're doing the floor first. And he said every job they do, the floor always goes in first. He said because the painters refuse to go in after. They, the floor, the, the painters, they want to come in last. Because said everybody bumps the wall, they have to come touch everything up. And I asked him, I said, you would think that would be, floor would be the last to floor. And then the job they do, the floor is always the first thing. So they going to be very careful in covering it up, so it doesn't get damaged, but he said the floor. So guys always want the floor and come in first. So. It seems strange to me, too. I asked him about it, he told me the same thing. Whatever I want to be creating, then. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Will we accept the report from Josh Van Der Rehe, Mr. Director? Second. Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? All in favor? Agenda item 6. Consider taking appropriate action to approve the construction contract with auto construction LLC for construction of the EMS Station 4 located in Schumelberg. So I do not have the contract with me. I was actually uh, coming from that call this morning. To my understanding, it's a standard contract, uh, a standard kind of real estate construction uh, contract. The uh, this is the same. It reflects the same bid that was approved. I did verify that, uh, and this is just the. Obviously, we can't enter the contract without the commissioner's court voting. And, uh, and, uh, County Attorney's Officer will look through that, our, our legal rep here in the court. I just probably like to look at that too. All right, he had it. I don't know if he's. He didn't say anything about it. Done his diligence on it. Taking that as it's great. Okay. <laughs> uh, will we approve the construction contract with Auto Construction LLC for construction of the EMS Station 4 located in Schumacher? Is there a second? Sorry. Any further discussion? What I'd like to not now the older the older house they're in, what is it? What are we what are we kinda My my plan uh, would be let's get operational on that station, let's get everything moved in, and then my suggestion would be let's do let's go through the legal process that we need to go through to hire a real estate agent 
and sell that house for fair market value and and use that to kind of offset the cost of what's been the project. So. All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion Agenda item seven is considered to take appropriate action continuing into an addendum A hardware software purchase fine between Emergicon LLC and Fayette County, Texas on behalf of Fayette County EMS. So this is not anything we will have to pay. Um, rather, it is something that will be deducted from our revenue for the software we utilize to write patient care reports. Um, I can tell you that no one in a large-scale EMS division other than major national companies are doing their own software. Uh, Acadian EMS does their own billing software. AMR does their own. Um, ESO, the software we use, despite having pretty atrocious customer support, is one of the best software platforms on the, in the country for this. Uh, we currently use it. Previously, our billing company took care of this out of their normal percentage. That is not something that this building company does. So basically, there's options. We can either pay for it ourselves, and we won't get the discount that our building company gets. We either pay for it ourselves, or they can pay for it at their discounted rate and just spread it out over three months and take it out of our revenue. Um, and that's what I'm recommending that we do, and the contract's reflective of that. And this is already what we use. This is a new thing. So um, we got, so we met with Blake, uh, the respective volunteer, myself and Blake, we met on Monday, and we were, we were going to get a contract back on Tuesday to review. We got it back yesterday about 5.30 in the afternoon. Um, I'd already spoken with the auditor's office, and our human resources uh, team has, uh, has said that they actually believe that there's already a mechanism in place with TAC using existing forms. Um, this contract has reference to some things that don't necessarily make sense for this uh, employee. Um, specifically, it mentions an interlocal agreement in there, uh, and it also mentions uh, an agreement with another entity. Um, and so I do not recommend this contract in form because there seems to be some problems with it. Furthermore, I'll let Paula speak for, for her opinion on it, but it seems that the county, the county HR is talks attack and feels like there's another path we should take anyway. So. Yeah, so um, when we first started kind of visiting this, I reached out to TAC immediately and they have so very similar to this contract. It is lacking, it doesn't have that interlocal agreement and a couple other things that is that differs that I don't believe we need to have in a in a waiver essentially. So um, I got that from them. They've used it across numerous counties in Texas. It's not a new a new thing that we're entering into. Um, all I have to do is really plug in 
you know, Fayette County and make a few adjustments, but they, they have been created for this purpose already, and I would think that it would be best to move forward with that. Is, is, uh, so is, this isn't an interlocal agreement we're looking at. The, what I'm reading for term of the interlocal agreement only addresses when you can terminate the agreement. I mean, is there, is, is our, is someone recommending we have an interlocal agreement? No, I think, I think there was some using other documents and migrating things into making a form, and that was probably done in error. Uh, this volunteer would not be a governmental entity, entity, so there's no there's no purpose or clause for him. Local so I guess we're not ready then to take any action on this because we don't have a what. What I would ask is that you guys approve moving forward this position, just like we would do any employee that we hired on the recommendation of HR, saying that we have documentation in place to cover the county. We're basically hiring an employee. We have the documentation from Texas Association of County saying he is waiving all compensation. And then we have another document saying we are going to add him to our workers' comp. So if he does get injured on the job, he will be eligible for workers' comp. So has, has, has Blake, does he know any of this stuff? He does. It's been kind of a back and forth. We were hoping he was going to provide that by today, um, and he didn't. So we're still... Is we the issue the about indemnity... I is think there's with, with he was, county attorney's office. I think he wants more research? coverage than what TAF was saying the agreement they sent us would It's just not making sense. It's just like if you're hiring a person, it's the yeah. same process except this person is saying, I don't want to be paid. Yeah. And I mean I feel bad we're making this so hard for somebody that wants to come here okay. and give us a service and we're worried about it. Well, you should be worried about every employee you hire. Can you be sued or the county be sued if somebody feels one of your EMS paramedics <laughs> did not perform their duties appropriately? So, yes uh, or no? Not a lawyer. We can be sued for anything. There you go. We have popular, we have, we have um, sovereign immunity. Okay. Does this, this volunteer, does this volunteer have the same protection? Is he fully paid protection? Arguably Does he more. Have the, is he under the same rules? Arguably more because he would fall under the Good Samaritan Act. And not to mention he carries his own insurance. A million dollar personal professional yes. liability policy. We need the county we need the county attorney to say this is good to go. And he's not here to tell us that. I, I can tell you that because of the length of this process and the lack of answers from our legal department that West is going to pull out. We're, it's either a yes or a no today for him. And I'm, I support whatever direction you guys know, but uh, we've drug him through this for about two months, and all he wants to do is come out and help us as a volunteer paramedic. And I did do some checking when I was at the county, the Tristan Taxation. We can have volunteers in any department we want. Why Kathy and Shelley didn't want to do that in the past, I don't know. But I did ask, and they said, yes, there is no problem. If you needed a volunteer, the only thing we would have to do is when it came for workers' comp, we would have to call TAC and tell them, hey, we want to add this volunteer to Road and Bridge Department, and then we would get uh, billed for that certain person. If Brenda needed volunteers in her office or a judge did, we could do it. And from an HR perspective, you don't have any problem with it. No, I think workers' comp 
um, in a waiver of liability, a very simple one that also includes waiving compensation, was the only things that came to my mind moving into a volunteer, bringing a volunteer on. And you've been in contact with Texas Social Counties on this, and they've yes. supplied the forms. It's a standard form for yeah. So taxes is okay, and workers' comp says it's okay. Yeah. And yeah. the county attorney says. There has not been any guidance regarding the volunteer with me and me and Blake. And I mean, I'm to the point now, this is drug on long enough. If we can't make a decision on this, I mean, we, we're, this has been going two months now? Wow. I mean, yeah. this is getting to be ridiculous. If we can't handle something so simple right now, we might as well go home. I don't want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's true. I mean, this is not rocket science here. I mean, I know we want to cover ourselves, and I know we want to make sure we're doing the right thing. But you can hire anybody and pay them, and you can have just as much liability. Okay. I was just going to say, if if do you have the copy of that thing from TAC? Has Peggy seen that? They have. I've sent it to They've seen it. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. So, okay. I was just so do I have a motion? We, we, we don't have we don't have anything that we can sign today. So this is our agreement. I mean, this is not even finished. This is this has some verbiage in it that we don't want in it. So we're not, signing, we're not signing this. That is not the one, it's the other one with tax. So our, we don't have to entire. our perspective is that rather than taking this through, other than the fact it's already in front of you, but pushing rewind, rather than taking this through this process, it needs to be much more simple, just as if we were hiring an employer onboarding someone else. I agree, I'm glad we had this person. I just, what gets me upset is mad is that we don't have an county attorney that can say, hey, y'all guys are good. They did their research. I'm good with it. That's what makes me, I'm, this guy, I'm glad he's coming. But it upsets me about the county attorney that he can't be here to give us guidance when that's what we pay him for. I think this same thing Bruce thinking. I mean, we're, so I, I'm good as long as they can't come back and sue us for this. So, I mean, that, another thing is, I mean, we pay a lot of money to Texas Association Counties mm -hmm. to give us guidance. Yeah. And they are giving us guidance from their side. Okay. Okay. They're saying it's okay. All right. And this is not an uncommon thing in the state of Texas? Okay. Seems to me like somebody is primed up to make a motion. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> <Same slide. laughs> one. We're on number eight. I move we approve the volunteer paramedic. But here, let me back up. Yeah. The agenda item says discuss and take appropriate action to volunteer. We're not going to approve this agreement. Uh, I would basically, we're just going to, I mean, I mean, I'm just asking, is this a no action? And you just go go get the paper, we move on. It's a normal person. That That's certainly my opinion. Yeah. Well, then you need to read that Okay. All right. I move we do not approve the volunteer paramedic agreement as per presented. And proceed with hiring the volunteer and use the Texas Association of Counties waivers for compensation. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimous. You're going to have a nice weekend this week, Commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get all my frustration out tomorrow, Bill. <laughs>
Okay, okay. Uh, agenda item number nine is to approve workers' comp coverage for emergency medical volunteers. So, yeah, just that as the next. It goes with that last this is the second form from Texas Association of County. I move we approve the workers' compensation coverage for emergency medical for the emergency medical volunteer provided by Texas Association of County. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries. Agenda item 10 is here a report from Angela Hahn, our grant specialist. <clears throat> and Angela, I believe we have our Chris in back. Do you want to introduce him again and to everybody? Tell him. Chris Hubbles is a TLO, and he uh, graciously comes down here to from Austin to, to uh, stand up and take any blows that <laughs> might be directed at TLO. Uh, I think though, y'all will be happy to hear the report. Cassie, did you get it? Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, To hear the report about the buyout. Uh, as of yesterday, for the seven vacant homes, GrantWorks has issued 100% of the offers. Six have been accepted. The judge has uh, got five contracts, four of which have been signed by the judge. So Tyler says he expects within one to two weeks we will have six fully executed contracts. One of the property owners is appealing uh, their offer, which they have the right to do under the grant. So we'll see what goes with that. You all approved the and pre-qualified the demo contractors last two weeks ago. So uh, Tyler has reached out to them, both of them, uh, and they know that once we have some, some of the actual, which we buy some of the property, they will do their pre-bid walk and get ready to you know seal bids. He's also working with TLO on getting the uh, Tiger system to push, start pushing the money down to our account. So we don't have to put it up front, they'll we'll do, we'll do drop fees. So that's good news. Okay. You want to add anything, Chris, or you just, while you're here? I'm just happy to be here. Man, if I was had a chance to get out of Austin, I'd be happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, it means a lot to us for you to be here. It shows that you, GLO, really cares, and we do appreciate it. Yes, sir. You, you don't have to come here at least, but you do. Let us know what y'all are. Well, Judge is one of my favorite places to come, so you know. <laughs> so, speaking about GLO, uh, I was to the cheating conference last week, as y'all know, and uh, unofficially, the hazard mitigation funds are probably going to be diverted from the planning development and possibly other grant opportunities uh, for the use for border security and school safety issues. That's not set in stone. That's just the board that is buzzing around to them and unofficially are, or on the, on the down low, our, our contract, our consultant, Heather with H2O, told me that she was told that officially, but it hasn't been, hasn't made, been made public yet. So that being said, our hazard mitigation plan, the grant for that, they are suggesting we submit that for 100% to GLO's program, which is a 100% match. Uh, the, the downside to that it is it caps at $100,000. So Heather was able to work with... get H2O to agree to do it. Heather, so Heather, well, Heather was able to get it, the uh, plane development down to about $125,000. So if you'll remember, there was $25,000 put in Craig's budget for the uh, plane development. So we should be able to get everything we need at that rate. Now, 
Mark, I talked to Mark Ritchie this morning, and the fact that H2O Partners is willing to uh, renegotiate the cost of that development, uh, land development, is indicative of the fact that the, that the housing mitigation funds are not going to be there. So we still have it. We still have a great and the GLO program. The one thing about it is there's 25 million dollars there, and as a uh, disaster county. You know, it's a most impactful disaster county. We have, we have access to that where other counties don't. So other counties who are submitting for funds to develop their plan through HM, uh, the Housing Mitigation Plan may be out of luck. That's a positive for us. Uh, I expect that we'll have that submitted formally to GLO. The only thing we're lacking is there's some documentation that I had to get. Uh, we have to submit an environmental review say that we're submitting the plans we don't have to have an environment, but there's certain paperwork we have to submit because that's HUD requirements. So how long would it take to, from GLO to let us know? If we get I don't know what the, the timeline is, but Heather says it's much shorter. So once the award is, you know, once we get notified of the award, uh, it's a much shorter time period to actually be able to start working on the process. Now, I will also tell you all this. I had more than one TDM employee politely chewed me out because our housing mitigation plan expired. So we do need to, we do need to get more on that. Uh, so the other thing I want to tell you about is the bipartisan infrastructure law that was passed last year includes a bridge and road uh, program in it, which is going to be similar to what y'all worked with through TechStops, the infrastructure grant program. Uh, the difference is they're including $4 billion for what they call offset bridges. And those are bridges that are owned by cities and counties that are not on major highways or not considered significant you know, bridges. So that means some of on your county roads may be eligible for funding to get replaced or repaired. And I, I, there's a the Federal Highway Administration has a liaison for Texas, and so I reached out to them. I'm, I'm guessing probably we'll have to go through TxDOT, but I haven't heard back from them. So I'm going to keep up with that and see if that's something that we might be able to get funding for, uh, because it's 100% match. I mean, it's 100% you don't have a match with this. I want to know who, uh, you don't have to tell me now, but I want to know who this team person is that chewed you out. <laughs> you get a hold of them and you tell them they need to chew they, me out. No, they were They don't need to be chewing you out. They, they were, they were, I mean, it was kind of poking, but. That's about uh, as unprofessional as I can think of. Well, I, I'll tell you what, Judge, there was some, there was some pretty bad behavior on behalf of this team. Well, let's don't get into that now, but I, I that's, that's. Anyway, so. Run, yeah. Well, we just, we just need to get it done. So to go back to the, grant for the hazard mitigation plan, we're going to apply for this one? Yes, sir. And they're just going to need to run parallel and we're going to take the first one from here? Yes. Okay. And that would probably be chill. Chill. And Chris is going to come. We'll just tell them we'll have breakfast next time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What else? <laughs> yeah. Bridge formula program? Yeah. Down, you know, I, I did. That's the one that, that's new. Oh, the brown okay, paper. Yeah. Do you want to give us a, a minute brief, you and our emergency management coordinator were at a TDM conference last week. Do you want to take 60 seconds sure. or so just to kind of tell us what the 
it was, Texas Director of Emergency Man Division of Emergency Management was concerned was, about. Uh, well, spill safety is is spill safety in the border uh, issues and human trafficking. Those were the big discussions during. They have a big opening session that's an hour and a half long, and they have different speakers. Come and that those three topics were really on on top of everything. They were a priority everywhere. Um, a number of the uh, presentations that were held were, you know, on those topics. So that's definitely uh, on everybody's mind. Even, um, it was, it was a good. It was. They have a bunch of new people. Even has a bunch of new people. They've lost a lot of their senior staffers. Uh, so some of their younger staffers that are coming in are uh, a lot more vocal about some of the changes uh, that they're seeing. Uh, so it was it was a good conference, uh, surprisingly, because it's not always they're here to help us. They are, and they said that several times. We're from the government, and we're here to help. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anybody else? When it comes to the school safety, I mean, schools have been. I mean, are the local schools. I know. By the time you had this bomb package, they did a lot of school security, and it's, it's really helped a lot. But I mean, the, the local schools, I mean, there's all schools are coming out there now, they're going to be hollering about for the federal government to help them secure their schools. Why haven't some of the schools been doing that for the last five years? I mean, well, not, you know, I'm thinking, honestly, a lot of schools have. Well, I hope they have. I mean, I don't want them, and they come after leaders and say, Y'all do more. I mean, that's what they're there, they're there to do. They should have been doing these years ago and not coming all of a sudden because this new valley happened out there like. Why don't the locals, local leaders step up and do more for it? And then that's what schools are for. That's what school board for. I mean, they don't mind spending 800000 on an artificial turf, but they'll spend it on the security of your school. And so that, that's the kind of things that I'm upset about when they come and holler at us. And I know Governor Abbott issued uh, an order for the Texas uh, State School, uh, Texas State's Alerts Program out if y'all are familiar with that, it's a very, very good system. Uh, Hayes County, their Office of Emergency, Emergency Management has for years been very strong proponents in working with the schools on school safety. And they actually, when I was with Capcom, we helped develop some presentations that were for pre-K to second grade. So to teach those kids what to do you know, in, in the event of some type of active alert. Um, so there are things that locals have been doing for a long time. It's just, you know, it's it's a hot topic. Well, we'll support them any way we can. We do have access probably through you and grant specialists and capillary council of government. Should our schools need any help to get them resources and steer them in the right direction for grants or whatever they may need. So. We can, we're certainly here to help in that aspect. Okay. Anything else? No, sir. Okay. And we'll we'll accept the report from Hazel Hunt. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Thank you. Consider agenda item 11 is considered take appropriate action on a grant request from the Fayetteville Community Center Group. In the amount $75,000 used toward the construction of their Fayetteville Community Center and Performance Theater project. Will we have some representatives here? Yeah, and 
And then, I'll let, I'm going to let them talk. This, this is a request for American Rescue Plan funds uh, under the tourism uh, uh, section. Uh, my only request to y'all that you would take into consideration while you're both of these requests that are on there is that we have not received that second round of funding yet. So if we could maybe wait till we get it, because you know I'm always I'm always anxious until it's in the bank. Okay, well, let me ask you about that before we turn over. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, the second round of funding is supposed to come on the a, day, a year to the day that we received the first. Actually, it was, the, what, the wording was, it wasn't a year to the day. It would be uh, after to the day that we received it. It would be sometime after okay. that. And it, now they're in the process of, they changed it to what we're having to apply for. Well, we've already done that. Yeah, but I mean that was not when they the first we did, we that did. Was not yeah, we deal. did. We so had now, we did have to the first okay, time. So I guess what I'm getting to is I'm a little based on the pulling of funds for border or, or school or federal government now and all this COVID money that's out there that hadn't been spent and they're trying to get their hands on and, and other stuff. This is kind of associated with that. Do you think that and I don't want to put you on the spot, but is that something that might be in jeopardy? Are you hearing anything that the I'm not hearing anything that the art funds are not coming, no, sir. And I check that portal on a, you know every other day to see if, the, if for some reason something pops up and says, oh, you didn't do this, you need to do this. So I check it every other day just to make sure. And it still says the request has been submitted and approved and how much we're supposed to be receiving. My, it's my guess because we are a tier five county, which means we are the littlest, you know, one of the littlest ones, and we're getting such a little amount of money that they're kind of like, well, we'll give it to you, we'll give it to you. You know, it's like, well, we need it more than Austin and San Antonio. But, uh, and I know that Cindy's been checking with some of the counties around, and they have not received those. Yeah, so last week Thursday, a bunch of them at the Truth and Taxation have not yet received theirs. So okay. it, is they building the community center? You're building a new one or are oh, they're here? They're I'm going to let speak right here. Is that right talk on it? Yeah. They may be a nice answer a lot of your questions. Go ahead, y'all want to, Jerry, you want to give sure. us a little rundown? Uh, we've been working on a really nice package, I think, last time. And you were very well done. So, oh, thank you. <clears throat> thank you, Judge. Uh, we've been working on this now for about three and a half years. Uh, we... Uh, have been set back, obviously, sitting on our hands for a couple of years with COVID. But uh, we formed a group, a, a nonprofit group, which is a, a Texas nonprofit, 501c3. We uh, set about to uh, create uh, a performance theater in Fayetteville, which will obviously bring in more tourists, bring in more activity to Fayetteville, and sort of enhance Fayetteville as the center of the arts that it's become. Uh, we have raised, uh, to this point, we've raised $2,399,000, uh, which is about $2.4 million. We've received individual donations from 349 people. Uh, we're beginning phase one this fall. We took the initial money and we bought uh, a historic property on the square in Fayetteville. It's actually two buildings that everybody thinks is one. It's the big white building on the square. Uh, we purchased that uh, three years ago. Uh, we've hired an architect, engineers. We're about we're into the construction drawings now. Uh, we've been paying them over the over the time. 
Uh, we've allocated enough money to start phase one, which we're starting this fall. Uh, we're renovating the old building, uh, redoing the structure. From the outside, this historic building will look the same, except we're putting back on uh, the porch that was there back when it was a dance hall in the, uh, when the building was built in 1875. And the way the property is structured is we have enough room at the back to build a, a brand new performance theater, which will have 150 seats. And it will be like a regular theater, bank seats, all the sound, everything that we need. Uh, we have about three and a half to four million dollars to go. Uh, as I said, we've, we've raised uh, 2.4. Uh, we have prospects uh, that we're still talking with. There's a lot of individual interest on in this. Uh, but we're right now we're seeking grants to, to uh, enhance what we can do with phase one construction. We're obviously not uh, spending money we don't have. Uh, there's no one on this that's being paid. It's a totally uh, non-profit uh, venture. We don't have a, a general manager yet, so that would be the first uh, pay employee. So it's a totally volunteer uh, fund. As a matter of fact, uh, it's costing all the volunteers a lot. So it's no, no one's making any money off this. It's a total nonprofit, and, and that's where we are with the project. So you're looking at at least four and a half million plus? Two. It, and construction? Yes, sir. Project. Yes, sir. Oh, are the people of Fayetteville? Is this what they want? I mean, the people of Fayetteville, they're happy that you're Yes, as a matter of fact, when we started the process, uh, there were 10 of us that started this process. And one of the first things we did is we went around to every organization in Fayetteville and presented uh, possibilities. Uh, we talked to the Lions Club, the churches, the, the chamber, arts organizations. Uh, we talked to everybody. Uh, in the beginning, we didn't have the building in mind. We were looking at maybe green space. We were looking at places next to the city hall. Uh, this building became available, and that sort of changed our focus. But we do have tie-in from the citizens of Fayetteville. As a matter of fact, the mayor is here, and I think he would attest that it's a, a popular item in Fayetteville. Is uh, there any doubt in our mind that this is would not qualify as no, they for, the, for the for the they qualify our, you know, meet their, uh, yeah, they qualify their okay. uh, I guess, you know, I, I would, before we make any final decision, though, I would really like to wait, to, and I think we're going to get it real soon, but I'd like to wait till we get this second tranche. Uh, I'd like to ask our auditor, if you got up in the morning and came to work, and there was $2.4 million added in your checking account, you would, you would know that, right? You would, yeah. you know, something would go off or something. I've been checking the bank. Okay, well, well, let us know then, but that's what, yeah. I think, I, mean, I, I, was, I think it's going to be okay, but, but I, I would recommend before we, great package, I mean, if you look through it, it's, it's well done, but I would just say, let's, let's get that. That would make me feel good. Just whoever comes first gets money that when it runs out, it just runs out. Or how do, I mean, how do we determine? What if, what if we spend a bunch of money and then at the end we have something that we really need it for? Like right now, we, 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 we have decided that we would we would take all this. And the first thing we do with this money is make sure health, safety, security, all those things, anything tied to COVID that we've had, those things would have number one priority and we have 
been pretty good about that. Yeah. You know, EMS and, and the sheriff's department. And, and that still needs stuff. to be the priority. The water uh, stuff and some of those other things and the generators. It still needs to be a priority. Uh, but that being said, some of those, you know, some of the bigger ticket items that we knew we needed to do have been covered in this first round of funding. So, and so we, we have got the word out. Bring your requests. We didn't set up a special committee. That's what we're for, I think. That's what the commissioner's court is to do. Budget, how to decide to spend this money. You bring your package. You bring your, your request to the court, which you have done. And I think we would make that decision. Uh, so I mean, if anyone wants to ask him, the sooner the better for them to pay. Yeah, anybody. If I'm running out, you just yeah. you're late to the game. You don't get any. What I've been telling people, anybody who's expressed yeah. interest, is that they put together a packet, and depending on which precinct they're in, should make sure that their commissioner and the judge gets a copy of it, and then and, and me, and then we can get it on the agenda. And y'all can discuss it as a board. Because that letter came to me in the commissioner's journal. Yes. And like for the the animal shelter, you know, I made a request that they would uh, ask me to hold it till the end of June because she's out of town. But that, you know, that letter went to Harvey and the judge. So. But that's a good point. There may be something from the health, security, safety, something that that does pop up, and we're probably gonna keep an eye on that and have a little. Whole little bag at the end if we need to. But I think we've done a pretty good job of covering so. some of those important things. I got, you know, I submitted the report in April and got an email back from them saying we got your report, it was fine. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so, Judge, if I could make one more comment. Uh, when we made this application, uh, the sweet spot in this is tourism, and I think this is perfect for bringing tourism to Fayette County and to Fayetteville. But we've also received some small grants from different uh, organizations because we also fit into another category, and that's education uh, facility for uh, elderly, facility for education of children. So it's not only a performance theater, but we're renovating this rather large building which will have community spaces, which we use uh, everything from, from rentals for weddings, etc., to uh, classes and, and a senior uh, uh, facilities. So I, I think it, it ticks a lot of boxes in what we're doing. And I think even if you don't make a decision today on, on whether to go forward or not, it would be good for us to at least hear if the, if the sort of attitude of the court is positive towards this as opposed. Uh, that would be helpful for us, I think, in, the, in the, the rest of our fundraising as well. Because when we're talking to people, especially some of the early money that was in, they haven't seen anything for three years, and that they want to know that it's a real viable project, which, which – uh, once we start construction this fall, I think people will start to fall in and really see that this is a real project. I think it's a great project. I think it's economic development and stuff that was really pretty much screwed up from COVID and everything else that we're trying to recover from. And I fully support it, but I do want to make sure we get this next tranche. Yeah. That's, that's the only cool. thing. Can you just check that? <laughs> <laughs> Now, across here, here, 
built, I mean, our bank building sat there empty for some of the years because it was too big for anybody to do anything with. Uh, it just got, I mean, the price they were asking went down to where it became economical for us to do it. I mean, it, it's, I'm glad to see somebody going into an old building. I mean, it's, it's, it's you don't want to see it empty. I mean, I think it's a, it's a good, good choice. Yes, our, our insurance uh, uh, agent is very happy for us to renovate that building. <laughs> okay, well then, uh, what I'd like to do is make a motion uh, that we approve this project. Once it's confirmed. Once, once, once confirmed, confirmed today, that we approve this project and, and to use uh, some of our art funds in support of the application Again, based on the verification. I mean, buy a $2.4 million deposit in my checking account and fall out of the chair. Yeah, check it out. Never gets that low. <laughs> okay. I'll second that motion. Is there any further discussion? Thank y'all for being here. Uh, good luck. Now we support you anyway we can. Appreciate everything y'all are doing. Thank you. If I did my math right, this is only 3% of the 2.4 million. Okay. All in favor? Uh, no. second? Yes, I did. All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carries. Thank you very much. Okay. Consider take appropriate action on grant request from the city of Fayetteville in the amount of eighty thousand dollars for the purchase of generators and assorted construction costs. So again, this is uh, something that falls under the ARP funds, and it is a legitimate use of the funds. Um, one of the things we will have to do is because this is another government entity, we'll have to come back with a contract uh, in the June twenty eighth. Whatever they want to do, uh, so that y'all can approve that, and uh, that's what's required for the ARP. And then the mayor's here, so they all that. You want to just give us? A, I think you've discussed this before. If you just review a little bit on what the what, you, what the purpose of this is and what you're trying to do there. Well, uh, we talked earlier. Peter Knight. Peter told us we need to do well. Uh, have a emergency backup generators for our water and our sewer. Plants uh, in Fayetteville, as I think all towns, they have those uh, processes. Um, I've got, I've received several quotes <coughs> of different uh, types of generators. You have two generators, one for each plant, or one uh, portable on a trailer. Uh, the cost comes out to about the, the same, it seems, uh, one on a trailer or two individuals. Uh, with individuals, I have put pads uh, beneath them, of course, you know, center pads, and there's more cost for that. Prices are fluctuating. 
from when we first originated this March 3rd, when I first started asking for quotes, till now, um, they've gone up. One has gone up uh, $8,000 per generator. Uh, so uh, we're asking for $80,000 uh, as a buffer because there's going to be some extra costs and we, by the time we order these and get approval and decide which ones to use, uh, I just wanted to have a buffer. And we are using all of our uh, money uh, that we received. We received approximately uh, well, 32000 uh, last last September. Uh, we're supposed to receive another payment like you all just did uh, in August. I checked with uh, our program uh, uh, grant manager, and she's verified that it's on track to come to us. So we'll have a total around $64,000. The total of these generators run from, at this point, approximately $105,000 to $125,000. But that is not for all the extra things we might have to add to make these generators fit, the pads and things like that. That's the reason I'm asking for $80,000 to add to our 64s for a total. $40,000. Um, and like Angela said, we do have to have a contract. And um, we uh, plan on keeping track of every cent spent from what we receive from the county. And it's possible to, re if we have money to return it, well, we don't want to just ask for $80,000 just for fun. Uh, we, we're going to use what we get. and. Uh, We'll keep track and submit those reports to you. So, so like the generators, I mean, it don't seem like it'd be feasible to just have one portable one. I mean, you, you would have to have one at your, at your sewer treatment plant and one at your water well. Wouldn't you have to almost have both of them to make well, this work? Um, our, I mean, in, our engineer originally suggested we use one uh, portable because I guess it's not going to be such a common thing to happen all the time in emergency use for that. But I'd rather, looking at things and thinking about things, I'd rather have two in, in station and ready to go. I, I like the, I mean, I'm not really that in favor of the one unless you could have it actually hooked up where it cuts on and runs once a week. Because the, the ones that are stationary, usually they have a standby, or they have, like ours, the courthouse was on this morning. Because if they don't run, you don't want to get to a cold well, weather day. <laughs> no, they do have. They do test once a week or once a month. I don't remember automatic. But I don't know how you would test it without a load. Okay. So if it's hooked up, you just it just switches off and runs on the generator. I think it's a much better option to go with the two. Makes a lot less stress. Oh, I, I, I do too. Yeah, because you also have to have a, a motor vehicle able to pull. It's about a few times. What, 150 and 150? Okay, go walk down. So this 80 plus 64 is enough for two generators. Should cover Right now, uh, the latest quote I got last week was $52,000 for Cummins, 151. So, um, so we could get two for $104,000, approximately. Now these are approximate because prices are changing. <laughs> well, not only that, but I think the time frame of getting them is probably a year. A lot well, of these, a lot of these residential and commercial <coughs> people, 
They're telling them it's going to be a year before we can get out there to you. Well, well they're telling us uh, these two, uh, cut one up to the ship in uh, six to eight weeks. And okay. others saying it's going to be the end of the year. All right. All right. The other thing I'd like to bring up, and correct me if I'm wrong, this isn't just for cold weather. I, I, the cold weather deal, in my opinion, was truly a hundred-year thing. I'm more concerned in the heat in the summer if we lose power and rolling blackouts. That will affect you too. Yeah, well. That's why we're water and sewage. And so, I mean, I think this is a real. It's not just the winter modernization. Right. right, hurricanes, whatever. Uh, yeah. Any emergency situation, which uh, and there is projected rolling blackouts coming. I mean, that's what we've heard on the news, but I don't know. It's true. Enough, we were on vacation and came back, and I looked over to get gas, and there's a gas station that has a backup generator now. Oh, wow. I mean, I just thought that was, that's what the future's coming to. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, that's, that's where we are. We're asking them for that. Uh, and again, of course, it was a contract, and of course, we'll, we'll have documentation <coughs> on everything. We learned how to do documentation from uh, our sidewalk grant. So we can understand how to do that now. So what needs to be done? Did you say there needs to be some there, additional paperwork? There is a contract that we have that, that we have to generate. Uh, there isn't one attached to the ARP in terms of here use this form. So, but there's some language in there, and basically it's just saying we're you know we're providing this funding through the ARP to this governmental entity for this purpose, and that they agree that they're going to use it for that purpose and nothing. So I'll, I'll make sure I get that wording and, and get with Blake to try and get a contract put together and get it to the mayor and back so that we can have it on the agenda. So we could approve this with an additional agreement to be in the next Yes. Health and safety. I move to approve the funding for the <coughs> generators for the city of Fayetteville uh, with a, another agreement to follow at the next meeting. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? I would only add that I think it's important and we appreciate the fact that y'all have stepped up with skin in the game as well with your art money and things and this just isn't coming to the county and saying take care of us completely, you know. So I think that's important. It's important to me, I'm sure it's important to the commissioners that y'all have some skin in the game. And we appreciate it. All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? Motion to take the names. This is Neil Doty, Mayor Pro Tem, Congratulations. Thank you very much. One year election, didn't you? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, yes, Oh, the power of incumbency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a pleasure, right? <laughs> Neil, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. And all you're doing for the community there. Too, yeah. so, anything else in there? Thank you very much. <coughs> we might, uh, one of these days, we may need you to come in here and go out and use it. Okay, agenda item 13 is the new report from Craig Moreau, our emergency management coordinator. He's kind of tied up, I think, out there at uh, hosting still. And 
what I'd like to do just briefly is read through his report so everybody will hear it. And uh, first and foremost, he wanted to congratulate Gregory LeBlanc. Greg was selected to be the emergency management coordinator for East, uh, Lee County. Starts his new position next week. Wow. You don't remember, Greg was the intern that we brought in, the emergency management coordinator, to during the COVID issues and to help uh, do some things to help us with our emergency management plan that he got and some other things. And uh, as a result of that, he went back, finished his last semester at A&M and graduated and uh, applied for this job at Lee County. And uh, evidently, they uh, worked out well for him. So he wanted us to know that. The Emergency Management Conference, thank you to the Corp for seeing me at the conference in addition to the excellent networking opportunities, General Assembly Lecture, Emergency Management Role in Controlling Human Trafficking, and product multiple demonstrations. Able to attend the following classes, improving your wildlife mitigation program, organizing your CERT to maximize team value of training, tactical medicine, myths, truths, realities, move to partner the role of faith-based groups in disaster response. <coughs> Uh, rural EM and responders, what are we missing? Missing persons and search for Jason Landry, Texas, SWIG and communication unit training, an exercise opportunity, heat weather. The La Nina pattern is here, coupled with dry soils, allowing the temp to rise significantly during the day. 100 plus temperatures will be more common in the summer than most. La Nina occurs when the Pacific water temperature is cooler than the normal. Less wind shear occurs in the Gulf of Mexico. The lack of wind shear helps. Hurricane develops but reduces normal rain. And he's got some resources and handouts to put out. Please sign up for Warren Central Texas. Uh, again, that's our warning system. Uh, you got to sign up for it, though. I think this is the online, uh, the uh, iPhone type uh, thing. But uh, very good program. It'll, it, it won't harass you, but it'll hit you and let you know know things. He's recommending seven days food, water, meds, cash for all people and animals. Uh, check on neighbors cannot prepare the use of tree caution and burning, you know, we just had the heat. I mean the burn band here and always check the wind direction, just some of the things like that. And from a homeland security he says we're reviewing several products that were demonstrated during the conference to see if they'll be a good fit here. Several officers that attended the active shooter class have asked for additional on-site walkthroughs. We've seen several additional mass shootings and attempted mass shootings. Experts, criminal behavior know that this is common after an event that receives significant press coverage. Assuming he's talking about copycats. I encourage all media users, social media, to subscribe to the don't name them philosophy, spotlighting the killers, all those things. He's just laying that out there. And I think I mentioned this last week. I have told our emergency management coordinator. Again, we're still on the end here, hopefully, of COVID. But he put his homeland security hat on, worked very closely with the Capital Area Council of Governments to make sure that our facilities here were doing everything that we can to provide for the security and safety of our employees and the people that come into our facilities. And I wish the environment was the way it was, but it is. But we got to be ready for it. And uh, that's what I think uh, Craig's going to be going to be focusing on in the next six months while I'm here. Okay. I move we approve the second. Second. Is there a second? Got it. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. 
Agenda item 14, here our monthly report from Clinchester and Ottawa, our county inspector and office of developing permit bidding and construction management. Good morning, commissioners. For the month of May, we issued 27 new septic permits, completed 20 inspections, had 24 development permits, and 12 divisions of property. Pretty busy by our normal numbers. Divisions of property up significantly as we've seen with the real estate market in our area. Uh, in my main area, in our wastewater permits, we are at a total of 190 permits for the year uh, as of today. So, assuming that stays on track, uh, will be our busiest year we've had for development in Bay County yet. Uh, ironically, the COVID year was a really big year for us as far as permitting and construction, and we're still on track to exceed that again this year. Are you seeing a kind of peak now, and that we're kind of with the economy or anything? There's very little. Um, is that a drive to get out of the cities and come out here? Or is it, I mean, a, a lot. Okay. Um, I would say it's just kind of going through a, a phase. Uh, Materials are starting to get a little bit cheaper and maybe a little bit more available than they were in the heat of COVID. It's kind of coming back. Uh, the shortage just kind of stopped the construction part, but the property division and the real estate by no means has slowed down, uh, not even a little. But if they're buying it, I'm sure they'll build on it to come. we approve the report from our county inspector function office. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? All opposed? I motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 15, consent take appropriate action with conditional approving. Consider <coughs> take appropriate action conditional approving of preliminary class of the Aurorio Vista subdivision. Attached, uh, yeah. we have a couple different maps and some paperwork there. Uh, so this new subdivision is in Precinct 2 off of Fritch Road. So, so the main... No, no this is... Uh, Following the attachment, so the main, this will be a new public road, uh, built to county specs as attached there. This will be a permanent 60-foot easement uh, with a 20-foot wide paved surface, all per the county specs and oil and aggregate requirements seen there. On, on that, the oil, do we want to add the ACPP? <coughs> The reason is I have a subdivision and nobody, they can't, privately, they can't find anybody that will shoot the CRS2P. So we came up with the agreement to do the AC15P, which will tolerate it, which won't bleed as much as AC5 or AC10. It's really good and super expensive. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons a lot of them are trying to go with this AC5, but it's cheap. They said, that's all I want to shoot. Well, we, need, we don't want that, so we don't want to be sanding the roads because it bleeds. Yeah. You know. 105 degree days we have coming in the next two weeks. 
it doesn't bleed at all. That's what the city of Shilmer uses, and it's it's going. As soon as you put it down, it's not going to come up. So what we've done in the past on those is if they contacted me and said, you know, we, we were approved by the specs here, so, you know, as long as they have the approval of the commissioner, yeah. if they need to use an alternate uh, to Just reach out the, to you guys. Where, where is the entrance to the, or access to the public? Right here. Okay. All right, right there. Right. Right. Okay. And then you get in and it's got two uh, sacks and uh, the other question is just what are the size of those lots roughly? The majority of the lots are right at two acres. That's pretty hard to see on that one topo map that's attached. Most of them are two acres. Uh, there's a few four to six acre tracks that have some ponds. And there's is there issues with I noticed that one, two, there's four property sites affected by that pond, that water. How do they do they just I don't know how the surveyor shoots out in the middle of the pond like that. They look like seen a quite of, a few. We had discussed that because, like, a lot of the watershed lakes are owned by multiple landowners. I mean, that's their problem. I guess. Not uh, on, right? I, mean, I, mean, I doubt they're going to be fencing these. This is a, yeah. This is the one. This is the the tract land where they presented it to us one time with all the flag lots. Mm-hmm. That they, they were going to put all the flag offs up in there, and we told them no. That right, this, this is the same property. They just went back to the drawing board and right. This is the, the same one. And then, so the last attachment too was their proposed road names. Uh, Ms. Moore has verified that there would not be any conflicts for any of their road names. But it's maybe like three flag lines. Yeah, it's across some pretty rough country back mm-hmm. there. It's going to be making it difficult. For them. I mean, that's okay. I'm moving to approve the preliminary plat of the what Aurora Aurora Vista <laughs> subdivision. Yeah, I, I know, I couldn't say anything. I can't pronounce my, my parents are friends with Vincent Royal, so. <laughs> That's how you vote. Okay. All right. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimous. Agenda item 16 is considered to take public action to send the application from Stephen Reddish. Requesting the division of real property located in precinct three. Okay, and so this property in precinct three will be proposed tracks. All five acres will front three mile road. Uh, all of these proposed tracks to have appropriate acreage and frontage to meet our county requirements. Three mile road in. Is it all three mile road? It's all on three mile road, but it's right at the corner of uh, 1115. Yes. That's 95. Uh, I move we approve the application from Stephen Reddish requesting a division of real property located in precinct three. Is there a second? Okay. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion okay. carries unanimously. Okay. item 17. Consider take appropriate action on approving the interlocal cooperation agreement for post-adjudication secure correctional facility services for Travis County. 
you know, with, uh, this was approved in June board um, on uh, May right. So this is just the second part of that after it's approved. Yes, and you guys just approved it and signed it as well. I move we approve the interdependent cooperation agreement for coastal adjudications here financial facility services with Travis County. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Uh, all opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Okay. Agenda item 18. Consider take appropriate action approving the contract with Dr. Jill Flores, PhD, LPCS for non residential services, and I guess this is our juvenile. We put that in our board to mm -hmm. has to come to commission to forward. So. <clears throat> How would we approve the contract with Dr. Flores for non residential services? Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carries. Agenda item 19, consider to take appropriate action in authorizing funds to be expended from the county attorney's office forfeiture funds to purchase equipment, including all hardware and software for the Fayette County Narcotics Unit. This was, uh, again, submitted, I think, by the county attorney's office. Yes, right, sir. To mm -hmm. receive their funds. That's her letter there. That's quote the cost. I don't know we approve the funds to be used by the attorney's office forfeiture fund. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries. Agenda item 20 is to demolish the new service drops, Colorado Valley Telephone, to install new buried fiber optic cables, copper cables, in the quarter of Fallen Rose, North Raymond Road, Precinct 1. Schuster Road, Miller Road, Precinct 2, Wodowski Road, Precinct 3, and Hurdle Road in 1749, Nathan 2672, Precinct 4. So moved. Second. All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carries. Agenda item 21 acknowledges the new fiber upgrade plans, Colorado Valley Telephone Co op to install new buried fiber optic cables. In the quarters of Colin Rose, baseball diamond loop. Road, Burger Road, Mincic Road, and Parma Road, Precinct 4. Absolutely. Second. Any further discussion? I just got to say that again. Booslaw? Booslaw. All in favor? All opposed? Motion carries in. Just like it sounds. Look. <laughs> Agenda 22 <coughs> the Red Plant Fayette Water Supply Corporation to board a three mile road in Precinct 3. Place and install new water service line meter for customer located property ID Romeo 227084, requiring Fayette Water Supply Corporation <coughs> to make repairs to result in damage done to roadways, side ditches, driveway. Three mile road to do paving, compacting, restoring the roadway, side stitches, right all back to finish natural grade. I move for approval. Is there a second? Second. 
I mean, can she do it? Do we need it done more quickly, or can we wait six months? I mean, the bank building still the, the the high track. I mean, I'm going to see your office in high traffic. No. The, the high track for the tax assessor won't be going until the first year. And I did tell Billia when she's cleaning ours, I said, leave our desk alone. My girls can learn to clean their desk off. I said, the main thing is just the, you know, the brief, the floor, and the restroom. So if we hire another help, then we won't need the people that need to be, no, they'll, they'll be doing double also. Yeah. Which is how much per month? 18, 18, 1600, between 16 and 1800. Yeah, sometimes they go to the yard over there and it's metal, but it's like $50 a time or something like that. It's, oh, I didn't even know they did that. Yeah. At, at what building? Metal still metals. Oh, okay. How do you do it at the uh, EMS station? Who does that? Is that you? Huh? The, uh, the Camp Street Annex. Uh, Stephen does it, the yard. Now, but I mean, like, oh, the they 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 form, like, I think well, they they in this building does their own. <laughs> yeah, in this building, they clean their own. Okay. Okay. No, no, they, the old EMS building, they do their own. Uh, combined community action is in there. We, I gave them some cleaning supplies and they're handling that. So. Well, do you, do you think that, so your recommendation is let's consider it, but let's wait. To I think we need to wait. I mean, because I mean, we just need somebody part time. Can we get somebody part time to help with the new buildings we have now? I mean, the, with the, the understanding, the only extra we have right, right now is your office, and really, it's no different because we got rid of one over here. Now it's going to change. It is bigger. It does it's going to change when we get the the tax assessor collector side. It's going to change when we get the bathrooms. None of those are ready. Those going to be a couple months out. I mean, we're not far off at the end of the year. I mean, we may be a little stressful for a while, but I just think I think that would be better. I just think the moment we can get into a budget type cycle, obviously. Well, if, if they need some extra help, maybe the couple that's doing that would say, "Hey, <coughs> would you consider doing this until the end of the year, like whatever hundred dollars or whatever it's going to cost me?" I don't know, but I mean, if we get to that point, now the restrooms here, I'm not certain whether we're going to do that, but that's going to take a little. Uh, well, we need to get with the city of the range too on that one. And the court, there's more court stuff now too. And whenever we do that, whenever district court has a jury trial or whatever, which they're moving up more, I guess I'm doing that. And she's only about adult probation. Juvenile. Uh, I don't think she does. Adult probation, juvenile probation. I don't know if she does those or not. I know she does the clerk's office auditor here. Um, and then she'll do, she does the Casey uh, uh, Hall when they need it. Um, well, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to it. No, it's not. I, 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 I think really, sometimes we really get on the line. Vacuuming. I think if you want to push it to the end of the year, get a little closer to the end of the year. You make the contract with a couple of things to make it up until then. I don't know. Well, they're working on the lines. Okay, if she needs some part-time help or something through the summer or the fall, I wish she could come and ask. I just think it's an awful lot yeah. for one person to be trying to do. And, and then if she's out for some reason, you know... Uh, like she's off, the cars don't get done. Yeah, what's, the, what's the policy on, like, school kids, like, doing summer help or something? Is there anything... Mm -hmm. 
Rural Association for Court Administration Conference, September 69, 2022, in Fredericksburg, Texas. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 29 is to consider and take appropriate action in approving 2021 budget amendments. Um, those were for the amendments for the accounts that line items that I needed to. Uh, some was reorganizing, some was overestimated, some were underestimated, so I have done those. I provided those to you. Uh, in return, I do have one more amendment to make, and that was after talking with Greg on Tuesday. The gas and diesel purchases that were done last year, but we were having the um, conflict with the rate on it with Colorado County Oil. We got it corrected, got it paid in January of this year. I need to make those amendments to put it to last year's expenses. After I've done that, and I will have this number changed, but the general fund looks like we ended up on a good note with 731000 on the general fund. For what? For, For last year's revenue. Well, is that a little lower than we thought? Um, maybe a little, not much. That's just the general. Right. Oh, then that's a general. Okay, just the general. All right. So I will have those numbers for all of y'all for the next meeting after I make this correction that Greg and I talked about Tuesday. Okay, so did you provide us the, is there paperwork it's, here on the amendment? Do you not have it on here? Yeah, it's on there. I didn't I see it. It's all Oh, there it is. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like I didn't even ambulance. I had to account for that one. And okay, let me just kind of because well, I don't know if based on is it appears what's generating a lot of these amendments is the cost of stuff going up. So we could have some more before the end of the year. For 2022, I will be starting on those now. Yeah. Um, like I've talked with. Um, Rotom Rich guys, some of it I will have definitely change because uh, Sherry was booking like uh, rich materials, culverts may be rich materials, hauling may be in gravel materials, and I will be adjusting those. Plus then fuel, I will be looking at these. I've been talking to the commissioners. I will be talking with the sheriff and EMS uh, come July once we're through with the full six months. I want to look at it and start making those amendments now so we can look at the Do lines. we need any guidance? And, and I need the commissioner's help on this. Down the road. Do we need to put in any guidance to the partner heads based on this inflation, based on the incredible cost of stuff, to spend as they normally have? or to cut back to where they do not exceed what they're budgeted or to come to the auditor with the fact that they can only cut so much and they're going to have to look at, you know, I mean, do you is there any guidance there? I mean, you we're halfway through the year, fuel's doubled, uh, materials have gone crazy. Are you all going to, what's the solution? Do you cut back? Do you... So, we, this is what our budget is, and in order to stay on that budget, we're just going to have to cut back. Yeah, well, there's no saying, but 
There's no way we can do but, what we But can for do. example, right now, I'm down <clears throat> below below fifty percent on my fuel and gas for the year and I just ordered a transport which would be probably seventy two hundred seventy four hundred dollars of diesel. They delivering it today. So with that in there, I'm gonna probably have eighty percent of my yearly budget spent on fuel. By the, by, only six months to the six year. Months yeah. to the year. So what is this? What are you going to do? Are you going to cut services or something to main keep? I can't park all my equipment. I can't park all my equipment. We got It's just like you're asking what we're going to do. It's what well, the road bridge. I mean, we're going to spend what we can. That's it. But that should yeah. be the same for every department. Okay. You yeah. have X amount That's of money. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to continue on this track. You can do the end of the year and say, well, no, I mean. I mean, there's a certain amount of roads you want to do every year and rework. You've got to build them back up and pay them, make it good to where it lasts 10, 15, 20 years down the road. But you're not going to be able to do that this year because of the cost. So you're going to have to cut all that back and do less miles of roads where you go in, you can supplement the money you're saving there and get paid for your fuel. So what I'm hearing is that, uh, at least from the commissioners, at least from the road and bridge, as you're putting your department heads on, you're going to make it with what you budget is for this year. Yeah. You're going to make it. You might not be doing as many things as you normally would if prices hadn't shot through this. But you're going to make it. We it's have to. Well, we can't print more money. No, but yeah, only the federal government can do that. But we, but in the past, there was some movement four or five years ago from some accounts. <coughs> they pulled money from Road and Bridge uh, you know, to take care of some other things and if we're getting to where we're approaching that type of thing because of some emergency or something that we just, we, you know, we can't absorb this cut, we didn't have to take care of this, do we need to be thinking about that or are we? Right now, like I've told and I've talked to some of the commissioners and someone else too in one of the departments, if you've got equipment line item that you had equipment and you haven't bought it, you may be waiting on it. Do not buy it. I mean, I know one department has bid out for vehicles that I don't think we've gotten anything on yet. Yeah. They may need to hold off on buying those vehicles because that funds may need to be used for their gasoline. Mm -hmm. We have thirty-six thousand, I believe, in there. Thirty-six point nine, I can't remember what it was, all for pickups. Ford's not making any more fleet pickups, so we're not using that money for okay. pickups this year. The recycling centers—they're not getting theirs. Yeah. So I mean, you take that money and you put it where you need it. That's, that's the department. That's just I know. I know. But uh, and it is. It's their budget. It is. But I'm, I'm the key. We're only going. We have to save them. I mean, it's well, but sometimes that happens. I've been in organizations where that happens, and I don't think it'll happen here because I think y'all are responsible. No. We don't spend more in this county than we have in the check. I think you're, to answer your question, is, I mean, I think we do just need to put out to all the departments. Yes. You need to watch your budget, and you cannot Very exceed high. your total budget for the year. And, that, and that's all departments. It, it's okay. not well, just one side. You, you know, just that's the message. But, I mean, the other side of it is there's six months left in this year yeah. to prepare for it. I mean... That's, I think that's the key. Is I mean, we all know prices are going up. You have to prepare for it. I mean, you. I'm not saying we're not going to take care of the roads. We're just not going to be completely rebuilding them. We're patching them up there and make them passable. You just can't save for travel. You can't do no, as many walks. Or, like, another thing we have in there that line item for our covert bikes. You know, if we, you know, I got 
my inventory, I can maybe take some of that and use it to fuel all of some. You know? I mean, the color price that's there. I mean, some of them were replaced in triple, probably. Those kind of things. So, as long you know, we have to make sure we have our money set aside for paying our, our workers and their insurance and that. And then I tell people, I made mean, a lot of people mad already call me like, sorry, we can do a lot of pilot patches toward the end of the year, but shred the ditch the pilot patches because when we run out, we get run out. And we've got an I'm just, you know, that's where don't mm-hmm. in here. Oh, I, I feel like Harris County already shutting down a bunch of theirs because they're out of money. <clears throat> well, I heard a report, a report last night from the Sheriff's Department of Michigan that they put out the word, uh, well, only responding to calls of dispatch that have something to do with life and death, uh, you know. Uh, Deer hung up in the fence line or something else, two cows on the road, but they're not, you know, sorry, but we just because of the cost and stuff. And, you know. Anyway, I, I I just I'll sleep good tonight now because I we're in good shape. Glad we can help out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We won't even charge you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just make due to the fact that I'm so sensitive to the cost of things that you know I don't I don't run the air conditioner in my county truck because I'm gonna save gas, save money, get better mileage. And now it's well, broke, so I'm gonna I'm not gonna get it fixed. Where some vehicles may have to be parked and not always used out in different areas. That Tell me, I gotta park one. No. Not you. Not you. No, no, I got you. You're right. We'll figure it out. Well, okay. if you're running low on fuel budget, you may have to. Yes. He's not going to be, believe me. You're going to fill up in your shop. You mean still? <laughs> okay, I have a motion. Anything else uh, on those amendments? Will we approve the 2021 budget amendments? Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 30. Consider take appropriate action concerning a letter of engagement from Shulashek and Company PC. Okay. He has gone up for the single audit. He will be <coughs> proposing 28000 for the I mean, the single audit, 7000 The financial audit, 28000 Last year's total we paid in was 19350 So, yes, it is significantly more. We are only asking him to do the audit for 2021. Come August, I will be going out for bids to do the audit for the next three years. <laughs> Proposals, I do have two other firms that have... Um, Acknowledge that they are interested in it. It just was not the right timing for them. So we will probably have three to look at come in August. He has, and I have told him, he had to have the single audit completed by August 1st. He said he will have that one completed by August 1st. And then the big financial audit completed by August 31st. I will be staying on him to get it done. He starts this June 17th. So we are paying him for actually uh, 
from what day to what day? What is this? June 17th to yeah. August. Next August. To August 31st officially. It's just he's just doing the audit for last year's a budget for last year's expenses and revenue. And what did we have budgeted for? You're saying he's increased it by? He's increased it to thirty-five thousand. It looks like. Wow. We paid nineteen last year. And we paid nineteen thousand wow. three hundred fifty. Can we go back to him and say, "Ooh, can you can you sharpen your pencil?" But you're only going to do the seven thousand this year. That's all you're going to do. No, we're going to do the, the whole thing. thing. The whole thing. He's got to do the whole thing. Well, right now, it almost seems like that. he's got a silver barrel. That were. Did you go out for bids? Mm -hmm. We didn't. We didn't have anyone bid it. He's the only one bid it, and this is what he bid it. So that's what he's. Stated. The reason why it was so late in the cycle. Yeah, there's people that want to bid on it, but they can't. They're already. You got to get to it. Wow. You know you're not going to get it. Now, that being said, a little bit happy Can you? I can ask him to sharpen his pencil. I don't know if he will. And the fact that we are going to be on a time crunch doing this because we do have to have it finished by this first, which he was our problem last year <laughs> by not getting it finished in enough time for some of our. So, so he was a problem last year with this happening. And now we're needing it again, and we're getting close to a time crunch, and we're going to pay him thirty-five thousand. What? No, thirty-five thousand. Eleven thousand. Eleven thousand dollars more. Do you, anybody else have it? I mean, I can. I don't know if there's any other options. Yeah. I don't know if we have any, but I think we need to go back. I don't think that's fair. I I, I think I can try to up a meeting with him and. Talk to him about it and say, hey, look, you know, this is what we paid you last year. I mean, we got this everybody's things are top for the county. How many years has we been working with him? Has we been giving him business? Uh, at least a good probably five, six, seven years that I know of. I'd have to go back and look when they did uh, set up a... If you don't mind, I would like to go back and ask okay. him, can you... Holy smokes, you know, yeah. we're facing some issues, significant issues here, and now you're dropping another 11,000 on us. And we're not, you know, we had some issues with timeliness last year on some things, and we're in a crunch now. I Maybe y'all, I believe it up to y'all, those are mine. I think you ought to ask them. Yeah. Yeah. We can ask them. Commissioner McGroom? I mean, it's worth asking. I mean, yeah, it's not the hurt thing. I mean, I just we think we're kind of once again though we're at we need to somehow get away with this crunch time. And then I mean, I go back to two. We went out for bid when it was tax time. Uh, well, I don't, well, but I don't know the so how did we? Let me just ask question here. How did we get in this position where we're just now for this year? doing this. It seems like this would have been done in last year's budget. <clears throat> it was, right, for 19000 for this year? I will have to look at my budget to see what I had set up for him. Why, I mean, why is it changing the middle of the year here? 
why is it going from 19 to 31? It seemed to me that would already have been because we decided to rebid it. And I wasn't able to get the bids up because I have never done that before. But you, knew, I mean, you knew he was going up before the bid. <coughs> well, we honestly, at the end of last year, I didn't even know if he was going to be doing because last year he told me that was probably his last year. And he was getting out of it. But he didn't. Um, I can go back and talk to him and tell him, hey, you know, that's a very big increase. Can we come to the middle someplace? What percentage increase is that? 30%? What? Can we go from 19 to 30? Yeah, 19 to 35,000. How much? It's more than that. Uh, yeah. And that's what he did when he did it. Yeah, this is the same amount because I did look at what he did it when he did it back then. Wow. Now, and that was one of the things that has been suggested to me that maybe I go back and tell him to, look, you are one day behind on getting this to me or a couple of days behind on getting this to me. We deduct it off of your... That's true. Yeah, and I, I like that because it's just... <laughs> Say, you know, we're paying 35000 but, but if I don't have this August state. 1st and I don't have this by this other day, then this much is coming off of your contract. Now we're over there. 10000 a day. <laughs> 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 well, we need to. Don't move. Okay, so, so he has provided us this letter of engagement. engagement. So we are now engaged. So what is what do we need to do? You know, what is do we need to come up with a contract or well that's kind of what this is. We just, We're just saying that you know we agree we, we agree or chosen Okay, so we need to maybe <coughs> need to maybe sit down with him with this letter and say we need to make a few changes to this yes. letter. So, so not not right, for right now we're just gonna go action. Okay. And then you'll go back to it. But we got to have some action pretty soon, right? Yes. Because we want him to, to have something done by the 1st of August for sure. Right. right. Yeah. He's supposed to start on it next, the 17th. The 17th is what, next week? Thursday? Well, we may have to have a special meeting then. Uh, I'm going to that's the only other thing that I was worried about. So our next meeting is not until the 23rd. So if we're worried about his time. My, my only concern with this well, is I hear, I'm always having to reach out for him to get a letter of engagement. This should have been done yeah. earlier in the year. And him provided June 17th is uh, a week from tomorrow. So. Okay. <laughs> you can talk to him and. And if he says no deal, we have to have a single audit. Tack can't help us with this. No, this this is they can't. Okay, we are where we are. Okay, well, and I have asked somebody from Schulenberg about it before this, and she doesn't do. She's too busy. Yeah, she doesn't do the government one. But I think we need to, I almost think, I mean, thinking about this right now, we need to start bidding out now for next year. 
to get way ahead of the game. Well, that's what we're going to do. But, I mean, we're a little bit right <coughs> now, but, I mean, but, but the people that want are interested in bidding, I think they're tied up right now. So you're right, though, when probably shortly here, we need to go out just for bids. Yeah, I was planning on August 1st, but I guess it may need to kind of come, well, we're still working on the budget August 1st. I was planning on sending those all out beginning August 1st to get it to the all Maybe of them. Maybe we can hear before the end because we'll have to get that but and it's going to be more than I need to Okay, so what, what is our motion here? We need to... I would I mean, we just need to... Take to, any action on it. I would just, you know... Defer it to them. Defer it. And then all the the next special or regular meeting. Special meeting so we can get it going. I believe we defer this item until a special meeting or the next regular meeting. We're counting on the auditor. Is there a second to any further discussion? All in favor? All opposed? The motion carries. Agenda item 31 is considered discussed and take appropriate action regarding the request for price increases and extra surcharges for road materials, hauling, multiple vendors, etc. This stuff that's over 25%. Um, one of them is getting their technical materials because now they want to charge a locomotive fuel surcharge. And when Jason and I were looking locomotive. at locomotive, yep. It's but the thing, I mean, well, we can't even get a phone call back. Yeah. Out. But I mean, it, what gets me on this one is that they start out at two fifty a gallon. When do you remember diesel being two fifty a gallon? Mm. Uh, but if you get, I mean, we're capped at twenty five percent. So I mean, that's so when you four ninety five. Which is what it is right now, isn't it? No. Oh, so right I, I don't know what that national average is. Oh, okay. So, I mean, really, it's just something we're going to have to watch when we get it from. We're going to have to ask them what the price is if we can even get a phone call back from them. So. And I know what Jay, Jay and P. Fark had enough um, fuel surcharge. A lot of them are increasing their charges because of the fuel. So, there's where the dollar sixty is square foot and how much dollar seventy is. Because it's, most of it is hot in it. And that's not a lot, but. Floor and concrete's not a bit. No, but I want y'all to be aware of them because of the fact that if y'all are using concrete, you know, here's another one that's going up. Um, and Jason and I talked about it, and I know that Billy, the county auditor in Austin County, has talked about it too. We may have to go out for bids again on the products. The problem with that coming back in will be if I do, are we going to get anyone to bid? And then if not, I'm going to have to check in what happens if we don't get anyone to bid. Where are we at? But everything's, everything he's getting built in is adding a fuel surcharge of some sort or another. And if it's not a fuel surcharge, then your product's going up. And the product is going up because of them using the equipment, and the equipment uses fuel. And then also, like even C-Mix, they're not even pushing limestone now because we had a bid for 435. And he told me if we rebid it, this was two months ago, they would be over six dollars. We're going to look at me now. But everything they operate, there's their crushers and loaders. Yeah, we're real, so we're required to pay this if it's below twenty-five percent. 
we that's can, in our if you right. want the product you do well i think you're working wrong they have the availability to go up 25 percent they can prove and justify the cost of materials but we're not allowed to pay over that right but after right. 25 we cannot we just can't use it do they know that i don't know they really want to get to the 25 <laughs> I mean, it's it's state law <coughs> in the local government code. And then, if you use anyone else that's not on the bid list, then it's only up to fifty thousand that can be spent, and that's for the whole road and bridge department, not just for one person. Yeah, I mean, the road and bridge, we we need to look. We can that raise if we could be buying gravel from a guy in Holman, he can spend fifty. I can't, or just. Charges for the road materials, hauling, etc., from multiple vendors for their 2022 bid. There's a second. Second. Any further discussion? <coughs> All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries. Agenda item 32 to say take appropriate action concerning approving the payment of currently due Bay County bills and expenses. Payment for the Founders Park, 
And then JD Locke, we had 92,836.30 and then 45,884.70. Those were both uh, construction payments on the Founders Park. And from what we could look at, this is still on the bathrooms, correct? This was not on the offices. Yes, some of the offices have been built. Okay, if they're building it to us, they didn't have it broken down, mm -hmm. so then I don't need to sit down with you. What we're going to do with the, uh, so the Founders Park, the entire building, we're going to get, we're going to pay it, and then we're going to get the 50000 from LCRA, and then we're going to get the 100 100, 350,000 from the city of LaGrange, and then the 62,000 for the office comes with the ARP money. Mm -hmm. Which, but we're going to pay, they're going to get reimbursed off of that. So they're hoping to be finished with that. It may be hopefully in the next two weeks. Or so okay. if we get the final payments, then we can start collecting it, I guess. Yeah. I just need from them to know exactly how much is the office, okay. if they can either indicate it or break it out so that I can pay that out of the ARP okay. funds. Um, out of the grant American Rescue Plan, we paid yeah. Keith Caulfield from the demo floor shower uh, for the Platonia EMS building, $9,375. Um, we also paid him to re, uh, I think he demoed it and then he put it back in, another $9,375. Truck mounted camera systems for cat rack from EMS. 
pay Odyssey that big quarterly payment. Forty-four thousand dollars. Yep.
Okay. The floor is yours. Welcome. Thank you for coming over. What you do is important to our county. You've been a great help to us for throughout the years, and we really appreciate you taking time to come over here and visit us. I appreciate you having me out this afternoon. You want to just probably best to stand in that corner, and that way you can look out at the audience. I'll be glad to take any questions. If it's more personal, I could meet you outside afterwards, and I could discuss that. Okay. But my purpose today is to talk about next year's rates. Uh, as you can see in your packet, I've got two things. I've got a, a PowerPoint presentation, which I'm not going to go through. I'll let you look through that. I will do a few minutes, just a background on how this plan works and what you currently have going. And then I'll get right to your 2023 plan rates, and we'll also discuss any options that the county might want to look at uh, prior to the new year. First of all, again, thank you for having me out here. My name is Tim Krause. I'm the representative for TCDRS, your retirement plan. Um, we're celebrating 55 years doing retirement. So we have been in business for a long time providing retirements, survivor <coughs> benefits, and death benefits to all, all of our members. Bay um, County is one of my favorite places to be. Kathy and I have spent a lot of time out doing our workshops uh, when she was around. So I really enjoyed doing this. The thing to remember about this plan, it's very simple. It's a savings-based plan. You save for your own personal retirement. We don't look at salaries. We don't look at seniority. We look at what you save. Your court has authorized a percentage of your paycheck to go into your retirement account. They've also authorized your retirement eligibilities. That means basically how you are eligible to retire. Once you're eligible to retire and actually do, then we'll take what you have saved plus the interest that you've earned, and then the county has promised to match that amount. And once that final balance is created, it will basically be annuitized, or we will determine a monthly calculation or a monthly benefit for you, and then you will get or start to get your benefit checks. The benefit options that you choose will determine how much you receive on your monthly benefits. So you can take all the money for yourself, or you can decide to leave some money behind to a loved one. The more you promise, the more you promise a benefit to another person, the lower your benefit's going to be. Okay, plain and simple. Everybody, okay. So every year we reevaluate your plan based upon the benefits that you provide. We do this from January until April. What we do, and trust me, you've got a long history of being in TCDRS since 1968. We look at all the past histories and the trends that the county has made. You know, basically, how many people do you hire every year? What's your payroll like every year? We take a lot of this personal past information to project or make educated guesses or assumptions on your future years. And each year, we provide our counties with what we call a plan assessment. This is the actuarial report. As you can see here at the very top of the page, it gives you your basic benefit options. You have a 7% employee deposit. That is the highest level that is allowed in this plan to participate at. And the match is 175%. Y'all just recently moved up to the 175%, but when you did, you did a past and future change. So what that means to everybody here who's been here for a while 
is that we went and recalculated your benefit once again, but now at 175% as opposed to the previous matching rate. So that was a big bonus to even the employees of this county. It was really big. So just to carry on here, um, your plan is currently very well funded. You're about 85% funded, which is you're in good shape. The rate that you currently are paying and will pay into the future does two things. First and foremost, <coughs> it's saving in advance for all of your employees' retirements. So when that next person's ready to retire, the money will be in that account all the way down to that person that retired or just started working here a week ago. You are saving in advance for each one of your employees' retirements. The other thing that this rate does, it is also paying down any cost or what we consider an unfunded liability to this plan. The one thing that we have that makes us set, 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 set apart from everybody else is that we have a closed amortization period to pay your debt off. When we reduced our investment assumption a couple of years down to 7.5%, we re-amortized everybody's unfunded liabilities over 20 years. So in the next 20 years, that rate that you're paying each and every year will start paying down that unfunded liability. Okay? Any questions? So let me address this very last page here that we're looking at with the graph. <coughs> As you can see in that bar graph, in that 2019 to 2020 is when you made the big change to include the 175% match past and future. So what we did is that you are, we were having now to save not only for the future benefits, but you were also having to save additional for those past benefits that you provided. And as you can see right across the board, your rate has been pretty much stable right across the board from 2020 or 2019 all the way to 2023. This past year, we had a very good investment year. Investments in this plan is very important. It pays about 74 cents out of every dollar to your, to your retirees' benefits. So it's almost three quarters of what we pay is made through investments. We assume a 7.5% return, and we return about 22%. So with that being said, we were able to put some aside for reserves for that rainy day fund that we know we're going to need here shortly. But we also allocated additional monies to all of our employers. And as you can see on this middle chart here of reasons for rate change, under investment return assumptions, it reduced your benefit or your rates about 28 basis points. So that was the money not only you earned, but the additional allocation by our board. That was one of the reasons why your rates have gone down for this coming year. The next reason is demographic and other changes. Um, demographic and other changes is payroll, it can be withdrawals, it can be retirements, it can be average entry age upon the employee here. So that was a reduction, and then assumptions and methods. We've noticed over the past four years that people are now starting to work a lot longer before they retire. Before it was around right around 58 to 60 years old, now it's about 62, moving up to 63. But that means that it gives you as a county longer time to save for that retirement. So that helps also reduce the rates. So currently this year, we're paying about 14.92% payroll each and every month to fund this plan and to fund the, the retirements. Next year, we have you projected at 14.02. So we had a pretty significant, about a 90 basis point reduction in the rates. 
That's good news. The reason I say that is it's because the future's uncertain. Uh, currently, our investments aren't doing what they did last year. We're not going to be too concerned about what we're at in half, in, you know, halfway through the year. What really is going to matter is what's happening on December 31st. That's when our fiscal year closes, and that's when we review what our investments are going to be. Right now, we're about a negative 6%. That doesn't mean we're going to stay that way. It could be worse. It could be better. But what I want to make apparent to the courts is that there is a possibility that in 2024, when the investments will be reflected, your rates may go up. Okay. How much, I don't know. But again, we'll have to wait until we see. The good news is, is that y'all are currently paying a higher elected rate. That means the court has approved to pay more than what has been required. And that will stay on our records, and we will expect that unless the court decides to change it or just withdraw from the elected rate. Right now, your elected rate is at 14.87%. So next year, we will assume that y'all are going to start or continue with a 14.87%. And that is a pretty significant rate compared to what is actually required. So that always helps. Paying more each month into the plan, more money than was actually expected, helps drive rates down. It also, if we do have an adverse investment year starting in 2024, it could also help alleviate some of the rate increases which would be expected if we had that. What is the minimum required? The minimum, minimum required rate? For next year is uh, 14.02. Okay. So that, and I don't know anything about that. So we guaranteed 7% returns, right? So, in other words, whatever happens in the economy, in order to guarantee a 7% return, we may have to increase the amount we contribute to allow you to. You know, if the market's not done it or you're not having a bad year, in order to continue to guarantee that 7%, you know, the county might have to... It's, it's that possible. It's kind that's of that's yeah, the, exactly the way it works. Is that something, uh, if, if we enter into a recession, probably look pretty good, that's what's going to happen, right? What do you... Uh, okay. So the good news is, is that this plan isn't like the state's. It's not like the teacher's retirement system because the court actually has the flexibility to make changes to this plan. Now, you can change benefits. You can raise them. You can decrease them if you want. That is always in, in, in your pocket. But you can also look at other options, such as this elected rate. Is this elected rate, do you feel, is high enough? Or do you want to maintain this elected rate the way it is? Or do you want to do away with elected? Again, that will be an option for y'all to take a look at. Uh, the way it's going right now, I would strongly encourage you to keep that elected rate the way it is. Even if you're paying a little more, we're going to have a good year next year. Your 2023 rates are already set at 1402, so you're going to be putting a, more money in next year. But if we do have an adverse year again this year, it's going to affect those 2024 <coughs> rates. You might be thankful that that's taken care of. The last COLA was done in. 2017? Yes, sir. It's a 50% CPI COLA. Should we think about doing another one soon? I mean, how often should we be doing that? Uh, GASB, which is our uh, reporting or accounting or auditing uh, entities, 
they do not want to see anybody do more than three colas in a five-year period of time. Okay, y'all are safe where you're at because it's been quite a while since you've done it. Just remember, a cola is promising an increased benefit to your retirees. That's going to be a permanent increase, and the county will have to be able to fund that. So it will raise your rates somewhat. How much? Um, y'all can uh, you can get on the claim uh, customizer. We have a calculator that you can run estimates immediately and get the, the impact and the cost of doing COLA. Really, it's the course of choice. You're, you're in good shape right now. You do have a little leeway if you decide to keep that elected rate, so your rates probably won't go above that with a COLA anyway. So you'll be sitting pretty good. What is a COLA? Cost of living. I know it costs cost of living, but in a retirement thing, what, what, what is it? What the, well, I, I mean, Judge, the your retirement benefit from TCRS isn't fixed benefit, okay? There's no increases unless the court authorizes a cost of living adjustment. We have two types of COLAs. We have a flat rate COLA, which is 1% to 7%, and that gives everybody an increase of 1 or whatever digit it is, an overall right across the board increase, 1 to 7%. So the newest person that retired gets 7%. The person that's been retired 20 years gets 7%. We do have a CPI call, which is the Consumer Price Index of Inflation. We actually go into your plan and look at each retiree and the impact of inflation on their benefits. And then the, the court can authorize or restore that benefit in a percentage from 10% all the way up to 100%. And that in itself is a more equitable plan for somebody. If you have a lot of old retirees that are that are on a fixed benefit for quite some time, they can see a pretty considerable increase as opposed to somebody that may have retired maybe two it's years ago. Primarily splitting those that are already retired. That's right. That's right. And once they get that increase, that's their benefit moving forward until the court decides in future years to do another possible increase. <coughs> Okay, so it's not just a dollar amount that drops stack off. It stays as a fixed benefit for them. Just, and I know you don't have the details of this, but just one of the things the court did last year was, or the year before, I just went to 1.175%, you went from 150% to 175%. Some of the counties at 200%, some of it. I mean, I looked 225%. Is, is that, for, for somebody that's sitting in this room that's got 25 years with the county, was that going from 150% to 175% fairly significant? It was. Yeah. I mean, without a calculator or anything, how much more could that mean? I mean, it's hard. It depends on the different service. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. service and also what you have also deposited. But I just said 25 years. I mean, but it is significant. It is. It is. And I want everybody to understand that, that I thought that's a pretty good deal that they did. Because we didn't have the Make it retroactive. We didn't have. We could have just that's from that day forward. Right? That's correct. But we went back to the one. So the so the device, I've been here for twenty five years, right. so fourteen or somewhat longer. It really benefited oh, the employees that were here you for that time. You know, the best thing to do is make sure everybody has an online account. Because with that online account, you can go right into that calculator. It's a retirement calculator, and you will be able to see. If you need to, if you need to know the difference, you can call our member services and say, you know, we were at 150 percent. You know, can y'all make a calculation, or maybe we can do a study about that just to see a comparison. But uh, trust me, 
you've been here any considerable amount of time. We raised that, that match to 175%. It's a pretty significant benefit increase that y'all received. Do you remember what that cost us? No, I'll have to go back and check that. That was back when Kathy was... $200,000. To do that for 2%, would it be somewhat about the same? If we want to raise that up to 2%. I'm saying we are, but I'm just... 200%. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 200%. And you always have the option to do a past and future, like y'all did with right. 75, or a future only, which will calculate the benefit increase match January 1st moving forward. Okay. And that is a little bit less costly to the county by doing a future only benefit. Past and future, we go back to the oldest employee that you have in the county and increase that benefit from that point forward. I mean, you look at all sorts of things, and I'm sure they say it's room as an individual opinion on what they'd like to do. But I mean, when you retire, you start paying your medical benefits, right? I mean, so any way you could help boost that retirement payment up would help with that, or you look at the county absorbing some of those. I don't know how many counties in the state of Texas do that. Some should do, I'm sure. The retirees pay medical benefits, or a portion of them. Uh, you know, Very few. <laughs> it's getting really expensive. I mean, you know, of all the all the counties in this state, Harris County, the largest county in this state, still pays retiree benefits. But but you know, you just think about it. When you retire, I mean, you're on a fixed income, and you help the relief you can get because you know your medical insurance is going up. I mean, you know all these inflation and other things. So you look at how can you help people. That are still working here, but that are going to retire and lose that earning power, you know, and live on fixed income. Right. So you'll be using part of that retirement support. Mm -hmm. would, would you think out of the 254 counties that 1.75, are we pretty much in the middle? Is there a you know, been done kind of yeah, we we do a, a range every single year to see what what that average benefit is. And the average benefit is seven percent, one eighty. Right. Yeah, so we got, I go out to Odessa and Loving County and all these guys, and they're so oil rich and gas rich that they're 7250 without Lincoln. Do a poll every single year, pay it, write a check, and pay for it. But you know, not all of us are in that situation. So, I mean, you're, you're right there on the average <coughs> with what everybody else is doing. So, to finish up real quick. You do have this time open until December 15th to make any decisions about this plan. So again, you can change your benefits, increase them or decrease them. You can provide a cost of living adjustment to retirees. Uh, you can also look at those tools to help make your rates stable. Looking at that elected rate, will it be enough? You want to continue to do that. We also have what I haven't addressed here is what we call an additional contribution. Additional contribution is what it is pay a lump sum of cash to, towards this plan, help reduce that rate, and get a better funding position. Because when you reduce that unfunded liability, it also reduces that rate. Any questions? I'll be more than happy to, to help you out in any way that I can with any questions y'all might have. 
Any questions from anybody while we have Mr. Patrick? Considering this match on the TCBRS, that's something you and I spoke about in the past. I really appreciate y'all considering that because that'll help all the employees in the county when they reach there. And the judge and I also spoke about putting information what we thought we needed or what we thought. We yeah, I, I asked, and I appreciate it, and I'm going to tell you up front. I asked the department heads this year. You know, last year we kind of went out and said, oh, we think we're going to do 3%. We got to, you know, and, and I said, that's great. And that's probably good planning. We may have done some of that this year. But I wanted the department this year to come to me with everything they think they need. Are they going to get it? Probably not. But we don't know that unless we know what you really are asking for. We need to know that. And I just want to commend you. Uh, I thought it was a great package you put together. Well, we want to be able to justify to you all, show you what we're asking for and why we're asking. We'll some questions. Long And if you're looking at your package, the first page, the little cover page, is just something I've seen online where somebody was talking about supporting the police where everybody else was talking about defunding them. I thought that was a good thing because it kind of explains a lot of our duties, I guess. Then the next section of that was just what 2022 actual budget was. And then in the third section is our budget, actual budget, budget proposal. That's a bullet points kind of why we're asking for what we're asking for. And in there you'll see the 2023 budget projected or requested, I guess it should be. And that breaks down every employee. From the beginning deputies to the beginning jailers and dispatchers all the way up to the top of the Can I go back and ask a question on the fuel budget 2022? Yes, sir. You sure can. Okay. So for this year, you were budgeted at one hundred sixty-five thousand. That's that correct. I'm reading it right. Yes, you're projecting your fuel costs. That we're going to go over this year. Three hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars. Correct. Because of the right. cost increase. But we was also but down here. We have some unsplunted funds. Cover some of that, that with other ways. Correct. We had some unsplunted funds of nine hundred forty-seven thousand, which was more than offset that. And you think so? I guess what I'm saying is an increase of ten thousand. You think we even with that offset at the end of the year, you're projecting you're probably going to be about ten thousand eight hundred dollars, eight thirteen over. 
is it your budget or yeah over on all most of that due to fuel increase correct so I guess my question is do you think you internally can make that ten thousand dollars up that's what we're thinking we're thinking we'll save that plus some okay because you'll have to ask he figure those figures but yeah that was a projection that from the auditor's office yeah. they the projected budget they put we put the total what they projected we have no idea what fuel is going to cost day every day it changes I know everybody in here is going through the same thing we are. I don't even know if that'll be the right figure, maybe less than that. We at talked the end. about it this morning, Chief, because for all the departments, we know what we're all going through right now. Mm-hmm. Cost of fuel going crazy, materials going crazy, office supplies going crazy, maintenance, parts, repairs going crazy. And so the question is everybody, all the departments have a budget. So. I guess the guidance, I hope, from the auditors going out, okay, this is your budget. We know that costs are going up, but we expect you to live within your budget unless there's just some big-time emergency that we can't make up $10,000. There's just no way. We're going to be here. There's no way we can keep from going over our budget. So we're asking the department heads to kind of figure it out. You know, everybody's got a cut. You know, I mean, I was telling the sheriff, I was listening to the news last night in the sheriff's department somehow in Michigan told their people, sorry, we love you. Thank you for your support. But when dispatch gets a call in, if it doesn't have to do with somebody living or dying or dying, we probably aren't going to be able to be there because of all of this stuff. I'm hoping we don't have to do that. You know, but that's just what all these all the departments in road bridge you can answer. So what I would ask the auditor is just work closely with the department heads, make sure they know that in their mind they're not thinking, well, just because inflation is doubling or tripling the cost of everything, we can spend double and triple beyond our budget because we just can't do that. I mean, we're going to have to figure it out. It's not only it cuts. And, I, and this is just talking about getting through this year. Right, exactly. Yeah. And hopefully our projections are going to be in good shape. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's really all I had on that. Okay. Thanks. Sure. And then just back to 2023, it's self-explanatory pretty well what we're asking for for the different positions. And <clears throat> I'm not, I know you can all read that. And we don't want to take up the whole quick time to help that. But something I'm proud of is in the next section. If you look at this, where it says total years, 309.5, if you look at the officers in this room and the ones that aren't here, that's the total years of service added up to the county. So if you added all our services together, we provided over 309 years of experience to this county. The second phase is overall law enforcement experience from the people in here which is 497 years. You don't have many counties around us that have that many senior officers and that much experience. Why are they all staying? Why are Good they leadership. all hanging around here? Good leadership. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Uh, you, you got a man that's <coughs> people and ask for help when they need it. Um, David, why don't you answer? Wait, somebody call you the other day about putting in an application and want to know if we had an availability. Sure did. Uh, we, we get... 
inquiries all the time with folks that want to apply with our department, and they're impressed. They see what Fayette County is doing. Sheriff said the leadership. Sheriff is a big part of why these folks are here. And that's why they're here with the sheriff, too. But yeah, we, we do. I, I get folks calling me all the time, and they're impressed with law enforcement in the county. So, uh, and it isn't us. It's these guys, men and women, dispatch, jail. It's all of us together. It's a team. I was hoping he was going to tell me about the one that was on the waiting list. And sit, you told him, well, some of the other counties got openings. Correct. He didn't want to go to another county. He wanted to work for Fayette County. He said he'll wait for an opening. Well, I go to a lot of judges' conferences and meetings, and they sidebars all the time in the corner about how the judge can't get along with the sheriff, and the sheriff can't get along with it, he can't get along with that. That's what he didn't ask you with the commissioner. The commissioner had a none, none, none. When I come back to Fayette County, and if we got those problems, I sure don't care about them. I'm sure we have our differences, but I want to make it is there's something to the leadership. We've got our issues, we've got our problems, we've got our struggles, but in this county particularly, you know, whoever meets the road, everybody's there pulling together, and I think that's a cultural thing. It's leadership, but it's also a cultural thing. People, uh, this county, we all have a common goal for Fayette County. Every one of us in this room wants to see what's the best interest of this county, financially and for the citizens' welfare as well. So I think that's why it's easy to get along. I noticed on, on your 2023 budget projected pay, I just had a couple of questions. And uh, commissioner, don't let me be the only one to be the jerk or the creep asking all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so good when, I see, when I see current pay, and I, I think that's accurate, what does what does that include? Does that include That's the overtime? Does it include benefits? Does it include uh, any any? Because when I look at that figure, what the current pay is, and then I look at the report for the W twos, much higher, much higher. So. These don't reflect what people are actually Correct. Making. Now, one, we don't get the overtime unless we exceed 480 hours of compensation. Which most of your people have, I think. Well, they'll get in there. Yeah, most get of, most of them have, I think. Well, so that, that yeah. Well, it's not the majority. It would be the minimum of that. Do we have any idea? Yeah, I would say 90%. <clears throat> yeah. Really? Or over the, the 480 hours? I would yeah. say, yeah, really. So, so the question I would ask is, if we look at these raises in negotiation 10 to 25%, uh, if we look at them, do we anticipate the overtime coming down if we had those raises? Or do you think the overtime is caused by the fact that we don't have enough people hired and everybody's having to work overtime? Or See, what I'm saying is, is we get these large salary increases, and we still have all paying all this overtime. I'm just trying to figure out during all the during. If I can answer a little bit of that, you know, during a lot of that, your hours went up just like in everybody when COVID and everything else came down. And we're employees weak in, in respect of the jail and dispatch. Who is our brain center? Every dispatcher in here, you know, deserves the best. The jail does, and that's what we're looking at. Unfortunately, we're too down in there. We're too down in the jail. And uh, 
you know, unfortunately, Washington County's eight down. So as you go down, we have to move people neither here nor there. A lot of the reason hours goes up in major incidents, anything, we're calling people out. And uh, another thing, when you're short, you can't take off a lot of that you need also. So it, it contributes in there. But sure, it, the answer to that is sure. Once you, once the salaries came up and your employees, because when you're weak employees, you got to cover shifts. And dispatch, we don't have 13, uh, and, and right now we're down to, I think uh, we, have we have 10. Let's see, we have uh, eight dispatchers and two off. That was a jail that had 13, right. I apologize. And they're two down, so they would have 15. So getting those people off, they've got to cover. If somebody's sick, you're down. You got somebody's got to step well, up the plate, and they're, and they're gaining the hours because they're actually coming in on well, their it days seems off. Seems to me like when I solve the problem, though, we're kind of chasing our tail. We by jacking these salaries up, and believe you me, we we can we can't pay y'all enough. We can pay you too little. So I'll tell you that right now, and, and we're very conscious of that. But by by increasing these salaries like this, people still drawing. Overtime, it's not giving us a good picture. It's not giving us a good picture. Maybe is the answer if you go in and fill in these spaces and say, "Well, how do we do that?" Well, maybe the answer is to increase the salary of those spaces that will make it more attractive to fill them by increasing all these salaries this high and people still drawing all this. But in order to attract them, we're going to have to raise that base pay. Well, when you raise that, you can't have somebody that's worked here 25 years and pay them $5,000 a year more than somebody just started. Well, you, so if you have to, you we're can. We're trying to get this differential. You know, if, if you have to, because it's a certain position that's critical that you got to fill. Sometimes you have to do that. I mean, it's just like a young lieutenant in the Marine Corps, you know? I mean, he comes in and we pay him so much. Well, how... Well, the old colonel's been here 25 years. Why are you starting him off that much? That isn't what I started off with, you know, 25 years ago. But you have to look at what the requirement is, what solves the problem. And if going to the dispatcher and maybe giving them a bigger raise than his road and bridge guy or a deputy or something to fill that slot, I mean, that may be, if it's all about money, I mean, that may be something we have to look at. I don't know. just throw it out there. Keeping people here is very important and not losing them to other agencies. We all know there's bigger agencies. We all know they have that right to go. You want to live in Fayette County and work here, then that's what happens. But unfortunately, we do lose people for that. And I think a salary is significant, and it will bring down other things once they get their pay and stuff like that. It fulfills the position so you're not having to, they're not having to work all those extra hours. Well, we have, you just told me that we have a, Incredible records of people staying here for such a long time, mm -hmm. but yet our salaries have been traditionally lower. So I guess I would ask, why haven't they fled? But I think I know. I think Thank it's you. the benefits. Mm -hmm. I think it's the overtime that they've been able to accrue, mm -hmm. which is good. Mm -hmm. I think it's being in a county where you have opportunities to moonlight, which ours do. And some people say, well, they shouldn't have to do that. Maybe so, but I mean, there's a lot of people. It's also the job. It's also yeah. the job. Being a dispatcher, it takes special people we have 
Not anybody can do it. And in the jail, it's self-explanatory. I don't even need to say that anymore. Even in the law enforcement side, we deal with everything that they send us to, and we're the ones who put those in the jail for the protection of the public. So there's, the people are staying here because I've been telling the leadership, but I think there's other things here. We may not pay as much as Washington County, but you know, if you want to go over there and work, guess what? You got probably a five dollar a gallon car now driving back and forth. So there's other things that I think hold people here. I just I want to bring that out. I know about the the base salary. So anyway, that that the the question I had on that then. So it doesn't include does any does any that include have a certificate base? No, that doesn't have no. a certificate base. That's the base. I was just trying to make it where it's easy to compare. From base to base, because everybody's certificate is different. Now we can break right. it down for you if you want. No, I've, I've, got it it broke, I've got it broken down here with all the certificates, okay. and, uh, and then I, I guess the overtime. The overtime is not broken out, but when you look at the W two report, I mean, you find some people whose salary is listed at fifty nine thousand in this base salary, but you look at the W two report and they pulled in over eighty thousand. So. Which you do that, they're going to be over a hundred thousand with an increase. Yeah, I don't think we got anything that's making that much. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. And the sheriff's office. Yeah, they're they're yeah. <coughs> so, but I'm just saying, not like we're not going to get those rates together. We just we have to look at all that. Okay. The other question I had was okay. So overtime benefits, and we're working hard. The benefits, retiree things are important. Uh, what and these projected increases that you came up with, Chair, from from um, are pretty much based on looking at out the other looking counties. at the other counties and kind of average and the amount of calls. Okay. Uh, again, you know, some of they range from ten to twenty-five percent. Depending on the position, we had a. Three percent in the county, which is terrible because inflation is about ten percent. So there's still seven percent in the whole. Everybody. But uh, do you think? I mean, are those? Do you think those are realistic? If you look at everybody around, I think it's very realistic. Or you just look within the county. Look at some of our other departments. What they're making, or what their supervisors are making versus ours. One thing I did notice here is majority. Get more, on a projected basis, more than paying commissioners to pay. I know that. I just don't get numbers out here. Okay, well, look at EMS. Look what something makes there. Uh, a paramedic makes sixty thousand dollars a year. I've got supervisors in the jail. I've got supervisors in dispatch. They make forty something thousand dollars. Don't you think they're worth at least what a what a paramedic is? So many job fakes. So that's what I'm kind of basing it on. I, I, I think you're. I agree. I, I think. Look at the other counties, look at some right. of the other And I'm not discounting them. I'm telling you, they're worth it too. Yeah. And y'all are worth it. Uh, I think everybody needs a raise, and I think everybody in this county needs a substantial raise. And I know we've got some funds there that are additional from the floor due to the appraisal rate, so I was hoping there's enough to help everybody. Yeah, we'll, that, and we'll have to look at that sure. that's where it's going to come because we're capped to raise the rate by 3.5%. Uh, I mean, we may bust that and have to lower the tax rate to stay under that 3.5%. But, I mean, we got to look at all that. The certified annual roll, that total figure of $3.8 billion, 
Some more came over to fill those positions. We were down there, but we got two more came over, and we're two down in dispatch and two down in the jail now. What would be, Chief or Sheriff, what do you think would be the biggest thing that we could do to help you fill those four slots? It's kind of like anybody, like Sheriff said, is, is, that's part of it, but the other part is you got to be fit to do the job. It doesn't matter. You know, we just hired a 65-year-old lady in the jail, and she's doing a great job. And, and you know, the, first of all, find people who want to do this type of work. Not a, it's not cut out for everybody. And to be a dispatcher, it's just, if you ain't been there, you need to go sit in there and look what they do overnight, and it, it's unbelievable. And it's a lot of, it's a lot of <clears throat> mental stress, and it's uh, one accident in this county. And you can imagine how many phone calls they get. And they are the brain of this whole... Uh, everybody wants to throw rocks at them all the time when they're in it, but they do a fantastic job, and I think that'll help. Finding, there is other dispatchers looking for jobs everywhere, but you've got so many requirements you got to go through now. It's not it's not like the old days. Okay, you want to be a dispatcher? Come on in here, and we'll get you trained. It doesn't work that way always. They, there's so much they've got to keep up, just like law enforcement, just like the jail. We all are required, just y'all see ours, you do. So I don't know the answer to that, but uh, you know, you would think this county would have people that'd be interested, that need a job. We've got job openings and we list it in the paper. I don't think we ever took it off. We listed on the county website. And I think Cindy gave us a site that we used, uh, she put on there for us, and they're still on there. I think I helps. Not being uh, breaking the chain of command, but I asked one of the dispatchers to Sure. On that. I mean, just to share their thoughts on that. This will help us as a board. And what it would take, maybe. To, I mean, well, to, to definitely the pay. I mean, we. I have people that call, and they're interested in the job. And of course, that's always one of the first questions: is what's the salary? And the second thing, and that's just part of it, is the hours we work. It's hard to find somebody that's going to be able. To work all night long that has kids. They all want this eight to five. That's a big problem. And again, it is the stress. We had several people that have come in and have worked there, and I thought they were doing really good. And they finally just, I can't, can't sleep at night. I'm just sick, just stressed. The the unknown of what's that next call going to be. So they just say, I can't handle. It takes a certain person to be able to do what we do, 
But at the same time, they have to, especially if they have kids, they have to have a good salary to be able to provide because working the hours that we do, there's not a lot of side jobs that you can do and still do this job. I mean, I've only been here four years, but has it always been kind of a problem? And the call? <laughs> no, it has been better in the last challenge. The call volume since the last five years we've gone, and these are just 911 calls, and I think was it 2017, 2018, we had 15,000 911 calls a year. Last year we were just we're over 19,000, just under 20,000. The call volume has increased tremendously. So it's very hard to have just one dispatcher. It's almost Impossible to have one one dispatcher in there. Okay, well, luckily, we had two this morning because that would have been bad. Yeah. Do y'all have any other questions with respect to that? I I just wanted to. Do you mind if I ask you? As we, are you through? No. You want to yes. Yeah, no. Uh, okay. When I look at your uh, your budget workshop, let's see. Uniforms, you're good. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we're pretty well we'll stay the same on the majority of that. Just <coughs> training and office supplies, maybe up three thousand. Looks like you found one there. Gasoline, fuel. Man, I don't blame you. Yeah, we don't know what that's. Uh, hardware supplies are uh, about the same. We're going to Cars to batteries, all that stuff. You were at 25, you're asking to go to 28. That may not be enough. (laughs) Physical and psychological continuums, same thing in there. Travel training, up probably. Looks like up 10,000. No, no, up a little, a couple thousand. (coughs) Maybe (coughs) thinking why did the telephone and communications go from 50 to 90? According to uh, Cindy, that's all part of the radio fees for the radios tied into that. So that's why that jumped. I asked her the same thing. So it's part of our radio fees that you have to pay for communications. And that's added into there. I don't know why they put that on there. No, well, part of that could be, too, is that uh, problem with the cell phones that's now been cleared up. So that should go back down. Which, that could go back down, but then I looked at his uh, furniture and equipment, and he has that a lot lower than I expected that to be. And all, everything you're looking at, no department put in for anything other than we put in for four vehicles this year. Well, that'll be your furniture and equipment line I have a question. Yeah, that was a long moment, though. You're right. So, going back to the dispatchers and stuff like that. So, they do all the dispatching for Fay County, of course, but then they do all the calls and everything for Schulenberg, Platonia, and the Grange PD. Correct. They dispatch for all the the fire departments. I mean, you know, we're trying to get more money for the dispatchers if we can't find enough money here. Is that something that the city would be willing to help us? put money toward? I mean, they're using... Have to pay for this? Yes, they're using our dispatchers. Right. You know, if you, if you did a percentage to where you see how much they use and stuff like that. Each city should at least pay the county a percentage. Absolutely. Their secretary goes on vacation. Guess what? Our calls increase because they're on vacation. 
Because they, they take them during the day, correctly. Sometimes. Is it just the city of But if you still call 911, it's not. It comes to us first. 911, yes. Oh, about Schulenberg. They just go straight to the LC. Schulenberg, they take some if, if she's in the office. Okay. If not, then they do roll over. They have an option to roll over and it will come over to the sheriff's office. But all 911 goes to. All 911 comes to us. Through the county, yeah. Kim, how hard would it be to try to do a report of what percentage goes to each city or whatever? Is that something you can pull on your computer? be able to do that. Because there's no way that the cities would be able to go ahead and pay for dispatch or pay a county. Exactly. By the time they put in the consoles, the radio, hire their employees, it would be cheaper for them to pay the county. Sure. Uh, the uh, on the the, the sheet sheriff board we've got 20, 2019 versus twenty twenty two salary surveys and differences. You've got agency, but you've got uh, okay sheriff. Those are the sheriff departments. Yeah, right? that was the old one. That, that's their. That's just showing how far back. Okay. Where I guess we started following yeah. the rear, according to the other agencies around. Okay. The county, Washington County, goes pretty much. They do. Gonzales. Then the rest of just those surveys from the different counties, the law enforcement pay versus the dispatch pay. This salary survey is really helping to me. That's something that we would go to the cities and present that to them. Is that something that the sheriff's department, did y'all talk to them about that? How, how we go about that? I'm sure that'd have to be something to the county legal department. Anytime you go to a city to request something how funded. Would that, how would that be taken by the cities in LCRA? Oh, that's right. It's not the Josh outside? Josh, right here. Sorry. Put it on spot. Washington County, they do that correctly. It's separate. The, uh, no. Yes, it's separate. It's a separate department. Um, so, the way Washington County handles it now, Washington County funds dispatch. And the sheriff, the police chief of the city of Brenham, the fire chief of the city of Brenham, a representative from the County Firefighters Association, essentially comprise a board and then they hired an executive director. And so basically what that does is that gives accountability to all of the local public safety. Blend PD sits on it, a couple other people. They provide accountability to all the public safety departments and the county pays for it. That was a really ugly thing. It used to be the city provided dispatch and it was still kind of managed the same way. That was a really ugly thing and basically what they did is they bartered like okay, the city's going to do dispatch and animal control, the county's going to take over, or no, the county's going to do dispatch, the city's going to take over animal control and the aquatic center, the public pool, and the library. library. So they basically split costs and kind of did an interlocal agreement that way. So the dispatching back in the way, it happened in 2014 when they split up, that was a million-dollar operation at 
time. And so there was a lot of discussion between the county and the city about since these were city facilities and the county was not paying for anything, the county residents were using them, the city said you've got to start funding that. So that's what they ended up doing. They just they took dispatch as a department and made it a county department. Think it's worth I don't know, it sounds like you're going to have to hire another administrator. That's another big salary. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. But if the cities are willing to help absorb the cost, it may be beneficial in the long run, you know? I mean, they absorb some of the cost of our airport, right? Just to let you know, it's the same with the jail because the jail, the tenant is running, you know, the jail, we house all the inmates in the county. That's true. And That's pretty much it. I mean, the rest, I figured if y'all are really interested, you can look at it later. Yeah. But I'm just trying to justify or explain what we was asking and why. What, uh, what is just, I shall know this, I don't. When you say reports, <laughs> no reports, proactive reports, reactive reports, what, what is. Okay, that's the number of written reports that were generated through our department. The uh, proactive reports are the officers making these stops at night or whatever, discovered drugs or whatever in the vehicle. The reactive reports, if somebody calls in, hey, my cow, there's cows on the road or there's a fire over here, uh, family disturbance that we're going and responding to a call. But the proactive is officer initiated. They generated these reports. And nine out of ten times there's an arrest in those. And just as we're talking about that, Lavaca County in 2021 had less than 300 total reports all year. We had 370 proactive reports where we generated stuff and totaled them almost four times the report by that. And that doesn't include uh, that doesn't include the reports. That doesn't include all the calls. No, that's that's just that's showing the reports. Yeah. That's not a loose down the road, but they just go put them up and don't say nothing. Oh, jail, man. Pretty good. Pretty good. We had a... As far as... as just, we're two... Well, we're full, and we're two yeah. jailers down. We met capacity, you know, twice. Luckily, some of them got bought out, but as you well know, when probation and parole people get in there, with their stuff, and we... Uh, we're right. I think a while ago I looked, it was we're back at 36. Right now we were at 43. We got up to 45 in one night, and and luckily some of them were able to bond out and all that. We're at 36 right now. I don't know if that answers what you was asking. Was asking about the plumbing stuff or whatever. Oh, it's still, it's still yeah. standing, and we're still patching plumbing or whatever. But yes, we did make the call. We're just yes. waiting for them. They're they're going to call whenever they they can come down. Yes. Sir. Uh, you have to ask the employees. I ain't there for ten or eleven. Only want a couple thousand more for groceries. <laughs> the other thing, and finally, my last thing is I appreciate the statistics on the number of cars, vehicles flowing through our county. 
What I would want to know is, do we have any statistic over the last five years with respect to crime rate or violations? Or no, we have, don't, have but those. Are we seeing an increase in that? Which means we are in the drug traffic. We, we probably we are because we've got more vehicles coming through here. We do, and I'm sure that. David can probably answer that more about the tickets. I don't monitor those, but he's, I think you see the ones. Well, not just tickets, but just crime. Tickets, yeah. crime. Judges like anywhere else is definitely an increase. You know, how much it is, we don't have stats. I don't have numbers on that. You know, um, I always say this, and, and it's just my saying, you know, I mean, we're, we're never going to remove all the drugs out of Fayette County. But you know what? We keep them crooks looking over their shoulders. They're not going to deal drugs in our county, they're not going to easily deal them in our county. You know, and, and that's one thing I think, and, and we talk about drugs, but everything's tied into drugs. We're ready. Thefts, people are on drugs, they're going to steal more. You know, uh, if they're on drugs, there's more disturbances because they're not acting right or whatever it might be. You know, so we, we focus on that, and, and I think our guys do a tremendous job. You know, um, but are we ever going to stop it? No, no. Our drug and addiction is one of the most uh, aggressive, and they do have a lot of statistics for what happened, but our narcotics unit that is serves in all the municipalities, we got one of the most aggressive narcotics units. If you listen to the rep, plus our deputies, they're getting, I mean, any one of you, have you, anyone you heard the news, it's almost every day, there's drugs in the vehicle. It's, it's sad, really, but our narcotics unit is beating the bushes in every community, and it's here. And you know, and I've heard seen. comments, well, they're passing through our county, whatever it might be. But you know what? If... Those crooks know, hey, Bay County's tough. They're going to stay out of our county. They're not going to come and, you know, are we going to stop? No, do they all know it? No, but I think it prevents some of it. The, the pro, proactive cases that these guys are making, okay, they, they know, hey, we're going to hit an easier county or we're going to go somewhere else. We're not going to mess around Bay County. So I was going to ask Seth or AJ, on an average night when y'all working, what do y'all see? Y'all are catching quite a bit of stuff at night. And that's local. Just in one other thing, I guess the forfeiture fund, which you hold, and that cannot be used for salaries. Is that correct? You I know, I think it can be. <coughs> I was always under the impression that it couldn't be, but yeah, I think I'm maybe I'm wrong. Somewhere, I think they said it can be <coughs> if you approve it's it. A, it's your approval. <coughs> we've already done. Remember a year ago, we did. So well, it's got to be approved through the commissioner's board. Yeah, I don't know if there were salaries in there. I thought it was more. Yeah, I don't think we were. Somebody had told me, and we need to check on that. I think I was the one who told you that because I always was under the impression it could only be used for training or equipment. So, you know, air on the side of safety, that's all we ever used it for was like that. Yeah, but I think I have been informed that assuming that some of them guys are working with the feds, that it can be used for that, but we've never tried it. Does that fluctuate a lot year to year or parts of the year to forfeiture funds? Is there any way Absolutely. you ever know kind of how much you think you're doing? There's no simple base to it because it's what you right. get in and the cars that you forfeiture, which takes six to eight months through the court system, and not always, but majority of the time it takes that long. So once you get that cleared, then we can sell them that money goes back in there. And this amount these guys catch all the time. Cindy may be able to help us answer this one. If what we got from the feds recently, I know they sent us some money on some cases that were further out than Page County. What has been in an agreement with the feds? Yeah, 
Yes, with us being in this narcotics agreement with our task force, we get a percentage of anything that's knocked down out of this task force. If, if we generate a report here saying that uh, I'm the crook and I get caught later on in Louisiana as part of that task force, if they can tie me into money or property or vehicles or whatever over there and they do a forfeiture, we'll get a cut out of that here in Fayette County because we initiated it and generated it. Task force. Uh, it's a DEA part task of force. DEA had a group that uh, uh, several of our members are part of. Can we get a set? I mean, we have an agreement with them that's oh, like yeah. signed mm-hmm. agreement? Mm-hmm. Yes, we get federal mm-hmm. funding. For yes, under that, we do have a signed agreement. Okay. The judge judge not signed that. Okay. It's a standard one that they put out to all agencies through the feds. I think one of the main things is getting the dispatchers going because dispatchers aren't rolling and they can't handle the calls. But then how's all the other agencies going to be able to do what they're supposed to do? You know, like you said, they're the brains of the whole operation. Most majority of the time, getting everybody to the right scene, getting the right agencies all together and stuff like that. That's what I would like to see to have that that completely filled up to where no matter what kind of call we have, we can always handle it whenever. And I mean, you know, you see all the stuff on TV and the way they bash the cops and all the stuff. And, you know, as far as it goes for me, and I know it goes for the rest of the court, you know, we, y'all have our full support. You know, we, of course, we want to give everybody what they want on their salaries and everything like that. We want to do the same thing for our guys and all the agencies, but, you know, we can only do what we, what we, what we can do, but, you know, we do support y'all 100%. But unless we know what you want, and I, uh, I just reiterate, uh, this is one of the best packages I've seen. Four years. My only deal is, and we've always in the past done three percent, five percent, or whatever straight across the board. That doesn't get us the differential pay that we need. That's why we kind of ask for these, where it's by position, where the same positions make the same amount of base or whatever. Then their little perks is their tenure or their license anyway. Now we makes a little bit more, but he's been here longer, got more experience, whatever. So that's where that comes come in. back with the projections with overtime. <laughs> We can. Yeah, Cindy is giving me a copy of this, what I over time is because I'm kind of aware of it. We can work on getting the overtime. Yeah, if y'all shoot me that, that'd be wonderful. And, and then we can base it out of that. Our dispatch is, we're pretty much all maxed out. Well, just because we take off. There's no way to do, you can't do an eight hour shift with that help, but that doesn't work with dispatch. Then you have some more work. Yeah. No, but I'm saying if, if a person says I, I can work eight hours, but I can't work twelve. I mean, would that entice people to come, or would that would just make it more difficult? What are we going to do for the other four hours? Yeah, so you, now you'd have to have somebody else come in an extra four hours. So, you know, let's the reason the reason the shifts went to they were because we actually years ago we asked all employees what to do, and they get every other weekend off. So you get a little sanity away from you know you get to when you don't have to come back in. <laughs> When you're short-handed, you have to bring people back in. It's the same thing in every job. Nobody wants to work at night, and nobody wants to work on weekends. That's yeah. right. Or holidays. Or any sheriff's office. Yeah. <laughs> any, any sheriff's office. Yeah. yeah. Any, any law enforcement. Yeah. 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 Any commissioner's office. I mean, yeah. big call. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to go to, you know, so we hear about that. Commissioners, any? Is, it, is there anybody out that is here? This is a workshop. I mean, we treasure you guys uh, and gals for what you do. 
we want to support you. Is there anybody like to make any comments or say anything? And I'm sorry, I should ask the sheriff. No, that's good. Do that. okay. anybody want anything? Anybody just want to share anything? Your thoughts or? I just encourage any one of y'all to come out and ride with these guys in the nighttime to see what they're doing. Instead of yeah. staying at home, come out and ride with them. See what they actually go through. If you want to, if you want to see if there's an increase in crime, all you have to do is look at the jail population records over the last years. Yeah, yeah, they're not. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing else. Thank you. I always appreciate your time and consideration. I know it's going to be a tough job on y'all's part, and I don't mean to be y'all's having to sit there and try to make this all balance out. Well, this makes it not easier, but makes it. Well, hopefully, it gives you a little more justification. Thank you, Chair. 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 Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Okay. I'm Time. Can we reconvene our recess? Who we wait? Can we go grab him? Where did he go? He's on the phone. Whisper at Luke. He got a church meeting tonight. He's kind of nervous. I wish I had a church meeting tonight. Did I forget my keys? Okay, what I'd like to do is we, uh, have you got time to read it again? You know, who are we going to do? We're going to do, um, Right, all 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 right, and so, now I have on your packet, on your online stuff, I have a section for the tag health renewal. And it's kind of up there, it's got a couple different options. Where's the to look at. He'll go through the actual. Go back to where the dates are. And then it's got tag renewal. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, stand there, you're welcome to stand up. I'll stand up here. I don't want to be blocking the aisle. I think the last person that I saw was in here was standing here, so. Oh, yeah. Great, Kathy. Yeah. Okay. We got the recycling budget thing on there, too, so that's okay. Yeah. I decided for it and said you guys thumbing through everything. Okay. Thank you again for showing up. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, My boss wants me to always be here as much as possible. He's a uh, LaGrange uh, resident, so he makes sure that I take good care of you guys. Yep, Brian Iser. Brian? Great guy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm here just to kind of go over um, the renewal this year, and then uh, just kind of give you guys some context on some numbers that 
we look at when we're looking at the renewal and kind of help you guys understand how we came up with the renewal that we presented. Um, so if you're looking at the renewal, I think you guys are maybe looking at the... At that. So I'm looking at the actual renewal that you guys, that we sent. Um, it's more than what was it? Uh, it's 6.9% increase. 6.9%. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I wanted to start off just kind of giving you some numbers um, to look at before. Um, I say look at, but listen to. Um, so basically we look at a 12-month loss ratio to start. Um, and then the way that the pool works is that we look at the entire pool as a whole. Once we figure out how much money we have to collect in this upcoming year, for the entire pool, then we go, we determine that number and then we go up or down for each group individually depending on how they performed individually. Um, so this year, our pool needed amount was a 5.9% increase. So the, o, the entire pool is, we're gonna need to increase the overall cost of the pool by 5.9%. So then after we look at that, we look at each group individually and we figure out how are you running, how are your claims looking, and all this other stuff, and then that's how we determine what your um, rate's gonna be. And so that's 5.9% is that starting point. We start there and then we go up or down depending on if you perform better or worse than the pool. Um, one place that we, that we do a little bit different is that we do not just look at the 12 months, we look at the 36 months, we look at the long-term um, goal as well, so it's not all just that, the most immediate 12 months. Um, and we also look at different factors that, you know, figuring out, you know, how credible you are, how much, you know, can we actually put into your claims, you know. Um, so right now at the 12 months when we put out this renewal, your loss ratio was sitting at 107%. So your loss ratio is how much money you've paid into the pool versus how much money we've paid out in claims. And that and our targeted loss ratio is 94%. So 94 cents out of every dollar goes towards paying claims. Every six cents out of every dollar goes towards paying our administrative costs, salaries, keeping the lights on, all that, everything that we do. Um, so your 36-month loss ratio is sitting at 92%, which is good. That's right at around where we want you to be long-term. But in this this immediate 12 months, you guys are about 13 points higher, or sorry, uh, yeah, 13 points higher than where we'd like you to be. Um, and then, the two numbers that you probably don't have, although we do have the, the reports in there, so you have the two plans. You have the PPO plan and the HRA plan. Um, the PPO plan has about 69 of your employees on average, and then the HRA has about 124 of your employees. Um, the PPO plan is sitting at 154% loss ratio, so it's not performing well at all. Whereas your HRA plan... What, what do you mean, not performing well at all? That means we're losing money on it. It means there's a lot of high claims in that in that specific um, plan. Um, your HRA plan, however, is at 63.5% loss ratio. So that's why your your actual loss ratio is sitting at about 100 because the PPO plan is losing a lot of money, but then the HRA plan is kind of taking over and. Sometimes it, it kind of depends. So we're talking about this today. If you go to the doctor a lot, that's from the plan I would push 7.2 because, but it is the one that costs the employee only money. Yeah. The HRA does not cost them money. Yeah, because the PPO plan is set up to have the co
out of pocket a lot. You're paying your copays when you go to the doctor and all that stuff. Um, but the HRA is what you guys, you know, you guys contribute towards that total amount. So is that the major factor driving up the increase in one of them? No, no, it's, it's your overall numbers, the overall numbers that we're looking at, because your HRA is running fantastic. It's running well below our targeted loss ratio. Um, so the main thing that we're looking at, and this is where I want to frame it um, for you guys, is that you guys are getting a 6.9% and we're getting, and we are across the board a 5.9. So you guys are only one point above what the pool needed amount is, which means you guys are performing just slightly worse than what the pool performed However, in years past, we were averaging, you know, we had a zero, a flat year. We had a 2.9, uh, 2.8% um, pool needed amount. So in those years, this would have been a, you know, a, a 4%, you know, increase. The reason why it's a 6.9 is because last year we rolled out the 7.3. This year we're rolling out the 5.9 because the claims that have come from COVID and everything that we couldn't predict for, are, you know, Increased uh, costs in medical care. Everything is kind of trending so up. The last two years we've had almost fourteen percent increase. Mm -hmm. In what has the county absorbed into that? Most of it. Most of it. Yes. If not all of it. Sorry. All of it. Last year we absorbed it all. Yeah. We absorbed an increase last year. On the employees or on the employer side, but then we create a couple of things that we'll look at after different options to absorb it and then more shares. And one thing I do want to point out is the surplus distribution. Um, so, unlike a lot of carriers, we when we have a surplus, we return it back to our members, and that is not a number that's only based off of whether you had a good year or a bad year. Um, we have a formula that we figure out kind of how much money is going back to each group individually. Um, so we take the, the total amount, that amount goes to our board, that our board decides if it's all going to go back to our members. If it all goes back to our members, we look at each group individually, and the two factors for the surplus distribution is number one, how much, of the, how much did you contribute to the surplus? Did we lose money on you, or have we made money on you, per se? Um, and then the other factor is longevity. So the longer you... We want to reward our groups that have been with us for a long time because it is a long-term relationship that we're after. And that's the only way that the pool works is if we have those long-term relationships. So last year, you guys received um, over $61,000 back from us um, in that surplus distribution. And then this upcoming year, so um, in a couple, in, I think next month, um, you guys should be receiving about almost $63,000. Um, and 63000 accounts for about 2.7% of your total contribution. So that's just a check you send back to us, mm -hmm. and it goes in the general fund. Yep. And so if you put that towards the insurance costs, yeah. essentially you're looking at, instead of a 6.9, you're looking at a 4.2% increase. Had, does TAC ever look at um, changing <coughs> providers? We do. Or uh, based on? Yep. And we, uh, in 2018, we changed our pharmacy benefits manager. So we changed from CVS Caremark to Navitas. And that move alone saved the pool 30% on our pharmacy costs, which was a massive savings. And we knew that there was some, some rumblings and there was some you know, growing pains with that. But uh, overall, it did what we wanted it to do. And at this point, we're not really seeing a whole lot of issues with it 
we're just seeing that we're maintaining those savings. Um, the big, the biggest problem is that the cost of care just keeps going up, right? At, you know, prescriptions keep the cost of prescriptions keep going up, the cost of MRIs, everything across the board just keeps going up. So everything we're doing is just trying to minimize the amount. Um, our trends that we were looking at is about a 6.1% increase over on uh, expenses year over year. Um, we were even we came in below that for our pulling them out, but then in the industry as a whole, you're looking at probably their trend is probably around eight to ten percent. So we're below that, and our targeted loss ratio is lower than that. So whereas even Blue Cross Blue Shield, on their own, if you were with them directly with them, not through tech, not through the pool, um, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Humana, Aetna, you know, a year like this at a hundred and seven percent loss ratio, you could be looking at a 15, 20% increase because of their target loss ratio. So their target loss ratio is going to be about 85%. So we're about 9%, 9% already better than them in terms of how much money we use to pay your claims because they're building in their profit margins and all that and we're not. So because of that, you know, the even at a 6.9, I know it's, you know, we, we understand it's probably better than anyone. Any increase is an increase. You know, we, we are happy that we were able to roll out the 5.9 because it was looking like we were going to do a about an 8 to 9% increase this year. And that would have been, you know, very, very bad for all of our members. And so we were happy about it, but at the same time, we still understood this is not going to be something that's going to be great for everyone because every every point matters for counties because we understand that. Are there, are there any counties that don't use TAC, go through TAC for their... Yeah, yeah. We have um, I don't know the exact number, but we have about 185 of the counties. So we don't have all of them, um, but you know the ones that are not with us aren't doing as well. So some of the some of the some of the counties some of the counties that aren't with tax are the larger counties. So like. Dallas, Williamson, Travis, Harris, El Paso, because they don't, they feel they don't need tech because they have enough numbers to where they can negotiate their own deals. They're self-insured. They don't need us is in their minds is what they're thinking. Um, and then some of the other ones that we don't have is because they, they have a broker who, you know, shops their insurance rates every year for them. And, you know, they don't feel like we're as competitive. And so they're looking at, the difference is, I would say, you know, I, I may be a little biased because I work for TAC, but they're looking at the short term, changing every other year if they have to, to save money every year. But we take the long term approach where if we are keeping you steady at under 10% every single year, then you're going to end up saving more money in the long run than you did if you changed every single year. And every year that you're changing, your members are having to get a new doctor. You know, they're having to change their the way that their plan works and everything. So um, we take that long-term approach to stabilizing the rates instead of saying, we're going to save you guys, you know, 10% every year. Well, we can't do that. So that's just not the way that – that's not the way the market works. But we can stabilize the rates to where you're not getting those big swings. You're not getting a 20% increase. Um, I, don't, I don't think anyone's ever received a 20% increase from us. When uh, our – Retirees retire. Our people retire. Uh, the burdens on them to pay their keep their same program through tax, but the burdens on them to pay those 
their insurance. Okay. Right. I mean, that's what we, we did. We pay a portion. We pay a portion of our retirees. We do? Well, the retiree pays their own. The retiree, if they're a retiree family. only, they have to pay the rate completely. Yeah. They get a discounted percent if it's employee if family, employee spouse. If they're a retiree only. Then they have, they have traditionally absorbed the cost. Do, do any counties go through y'all and pay for the retirees? For the retirees. Yes, they do. There are some, not a whole lot. Um, there's probably a handful of them. Um, the reason why most groups don't is because retirees, no, statistically speaking, this is not coming from me, <laughs> are the costliest population because they're older, they have way more time on their hands, so they have more time to go to the doctor and get stuff done. So that historically is the reason why counties and just companies in general don't pay towards it because when you pay towards it, you're going to get a whole lot of them on there and that's just going to increase your claims cost. Again, statistically speaking. Why don't you keep looking at the judge? <laughs> <laughs> he asked the question. Yeah. Look at you. Oh, see you look over here. They didn't offer them the PPO plan and they had to go to the HRA. I don't know how different, how different that one. I don't know. I'm just saying if there's a way that we want to do that, I'm sure we can. I would just say that would be something that you guys would probably talk to your county attorney about just to check to make sure that it's you're on the up and up on that because <laughs> that's that, that's a that's a that's a count that's obviously your decision to make but it's um I would definitely say check out your county attorney. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's all kinds of ways that you can do it. Um, some groups, what they'll do is they will put a, uh, an incentive on it, basically. So they'll say, if you are, have been with the county 25 plus years, we'll pay 100% of your employee only. Or if you've been with the county 15 plus years, we'll pay you know 50% of it. Um, so they have to give in in order for you to give as well. Um, so there's a give and take there instead of just saying, well, if you retire with us, you will pay all of it. Um, that's how some of the counties do it when they do offer it for retirees. Um, a lot of them, they'll offer it, but they won't contribute anything towards it. And so it's basically at their, their cost to cover it if they want. The, the counties will pay for the counties, For the most part, do not contribute. And if they do, a lot of them have it tied to years of service. On a percentage basis. Is that something that is worth considering? I like incentivizing it. Yeah. Incentivizing yeah. it and vice, you know, we want to get everybody raises money now. It's not money right now, but it could incentivize people to stick around a little longer. Right. And that's why most of the companies that have it tied to years of service have put it in that way because they, they've seen a large turnover and so they're trying to incentivize their employees to stay long term so that carrot is hey if you stay 25 years we'll cover your insurance um, after you retire which is you know, pretty good expense mm -hmm. and we don't have a ton of retirees that are working with us anyway so and I would probably suggest if you go towards something like that, it would be a moving forward, 
this is what we're going to do. Yeah. So if you're already a retiree, right. you know, this does not apply to you. Yeah. Because then you'll just have an influx of older population that's going to come onto the plan. And the other thing is, um, I know you guys currently offer the benefits for your post-65 retirees. If you were to consider moving them off of the group health plan and onto, like, let's say, a county choice silver, which is a Medicare supplement plan, that would cost the county less money, and it would still give them the opportunity to have Medicare and a supplement to that. And then that population is not on your help on your group plan bringing you know, let's say bringing down the numbers of the rest of the population. So just something. We do all the So they exit off of ours at 65, <coughs> and they have silver choices that are off. Okay. Yeah. Um, your, renew- your renewal shows that you guys offer it to both. That's why I said that. I, well. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that's why, that's why I, I said like, it. No. But, <laughs> well, we don't have anyone on silver. Okay. One, one person on silver choice Okay. So, well, I'll, I'll get with you to make sure that. Yeah, so um, in the renewal, you'll see that there's a um, there's an option that looks at um, retiree. Um, it's on the third page, fourth page, no, third page. Um, so it has medical, dental, and vision, and it says pre sixty five and post sixty five. Right now, both of those boxes are checked, which means that right now you currently offer. The group health plan to post sixty five. Okay. Right. So I, again, that's that's all how you. Yeah. So um, yeah, if you guys don't offer it, then we'll just uncheck that box. We'll you know cross that out so that, that way it's not programmed in the system that way. And then if you're not, then yeah, they they have no other option unless uh, other than the county choice silver if they want to continue some coverage. Okay. We offered last year's our first And crunching the numbers, probably you want to talk about the numbers you kind of crunched. Yeah, so at the very top of that, um, those spreadsheets there, and after talking with him, I think a percentage is probably a better way to go, and then incentivizing it, too, against for the retirees. There's so many ways you can absorb this cost. Uh, you can split it down the middle to increase, you know, take that increase and give it to the employer and to the employee and split it. You can absorb it all. You can give it to the employee all. There's... There's a lot of different ways, so I did create a couple spreadsheets here. I'll look at kind of what those numbers look like. Um, now, the vision and dental. Vision and dental. I, so the vision didn't change at all. It's the same, so I think we should just keep it the same. Um, and then the dental, it increased very minimally. Um, so I was, was thinking. Like 0.9%? Yeah, 0.9%. So we would just still continue with the way we've done it, which we cover the employee only portion across the board. So we would take that $25 out of each one and pay that overage if they entered into like employee children, employee spouse, and employee family. And we can get more round numbers to make it a little bit easier. This is just if we literally took that difference, split it down the middle, and and absorbed this cost. Another way, just throwing this out there, it may be something that you guys consider, may not, but um, uh, 
absorbing a lot of that increase in the PPO plan since it's the one that's running higher. So then increasing the amount that the employee pays for that PPO plan, incentivizing more of them to go to the HRA plan that's running better. significant savings to the county because right now the PPO plan the cost for it is that seven ninety nine sixty and then the uh, HRA is six sixty two um, but you guys uh, how much do you guys contribute to the HRA? Twenty five hundred per employee. You'd be burdening a family. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I If they didn't have the, the years to prepare for it, yeah. yeah. And I think that's the reason why it's stuck around is because even though it's been not performing well historically, it's because it's that option. So I think that, and what we see normally is that when groups do offer two plans, what they'll do is that low, lower plan or the, the one with the higher deductible, that's the one that they'll, that they'll um, cover the 100% for. And then the lower deductible or the better, richer plan is the one that the employees will pay out of pocket to get on because, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to cover the cost for the one that's going to cost the employees less. And that's what we're doing. So we have to make a decision based to, to deal with the 6.9% increase. How are we going to break down? How much, if we're going to absorb how much the employees are going to absorb. When do we have to let them no, we'll need to do it at the next commissioner's court to finalize it. So we don't do it at the end of the month. Um, but I think, too, even just taking some of that and increasing that PPO, not to make it impossible for no. people, but to... to but right now, the employee only costs 50 bucks for the PPO? 15 yeah. Yeah, so if you raise that to like $100 per employee, that would absorb some of that increase. And people um, also feel more obligated to change if they thought, well, I wasn't sure which plan. Especially an employee only who right. is only paying $50 a month and then that goes up to 100 So now they're more likely to probably switch to that HRA plan that would cost you guys less, um, that cost the county less, but also provide them probably with something that's not going to be terrible for them as well. But still offering it. What about further incentivizing the HRA plan more of a contribution Rather than like forcing people into the PPO or forcing people out of that, yeah. By contributing more, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, is this something we need to decide now? No, we have between now and the next commissioner's court, we decide. 
Josh, by permanent sales, I'm incentivizing it, you mean to lower the cost of what it currently is. Or just put more into that <coughs> theoretical the HRA or make it max higher. I don't I don't know if there's options. You mean but, instead yeah. of twenty five hundred like they you put in yeah. a higher amount three thousand yeah. or whatever? Because you essentially yeah. like for young employees, uh, when I signed up in twenty ten when I initially hired, you know, I uh, like I maxed out in two years and it was a high deductible plan but I didn't have a deductible. Yeah. Right. Because it was all sitting there. For for people closer to retirement, not old people, we can't say that. Uh, but for older. <laughs> people closer to retirement, yeah. there may be less likely to benefit in that way. But right. Yeah, I think you see you see the healthier population utilizing HRA better because they're not the younger generation is usually healthier, so they can carry over that money. So, like he said, you don't. End up, you end up carrying that money over and then not having any out of pocket expenses in year two. Um, whereas, you know, the, the people that are having, you know, claims and meeting that deductible every year, they're going to end up paying $2,500 out of pocket every single year because every single year they're going to exhaust the $2,500 that's given to them and then they will exhaust the $2,500 that's coming out of their pocket as well. But kind of like you said, if you don't use that $2,500 per second year, you got $5,000, that's the most you're going to have out of your pocket. So if I gotta go in and have surgery done, I don't have to pay anything because I'm at my five thousand. And then if you're healthy for another two years and it rebuilds, it builds right back to where you were. But yeah. what? But family. Yeah, you have a family and you're still got five thousand dollars. But the other question would be like maxing the lim- raising the limit where it maxes to where they can keep accumulating that money. To where if you have a family in four years, you have no deductible. If you don't use it. If right. right, or you have a very little deductible, yeah. or I'm not put you on the spot. Would that be something? That, I mean, I'm just, just saying. Kind of halfway I'm listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting all this. I'm looking at you just because I know you have. Yeah, I've loved it. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I mean, it's a big risk mm-hmm. for you. I mean, so would that be something for your HRA right now? Is getting twenty five dollars maxes at five? What if that went all the way to a ten thousand dollars max? So it took you four years. But you got, you wouldn't have a deductible if you built that up. Right, yeah, I would probably do that. I mean, I, I think that I, I would like to eventually move to that. I've just been nervous because they're, because when they're little, you go to the doctor so much. Now, we've kind of gotten past that to where we just go to our routine stuff, so it's not as much, but um, there's still that security of, like, just I'm not going to have to pay $7,500 in case something happens. You No, no, no. Sorry. I thought when you retire, you have to pay your insurance. 
if you're, an employee, if you're an employee only, you pay. Yeah, the employee. Employee okay. only, we have four people on employee only and they're paying their full rate. Okay. We have three or four that are not on that that have a spouse. Mm -hmm. um, or a child. Or a child or are on a different plan and we contribute towards that. They're retired and they have a child. That's what there, there are, yeah. What's the age of all that? There's 26. However, if it's a disabled dependent, we'll keep going. Why would we contribute and help pay the insurance of someone that has more, that's more than than just a single person? Yeah. Yeah. So, no, we're not paying but if you have kids or wife, you know, well, it's funny. Yeah, we, she tried to explore it. She tried to get tech to explain it. I know that was one thing. Brianna reached out to them last year to explain it, too. We did not understand how the retiree section has been calculated, figured. It is something back that Ed had done, which when I asked Kathy, she did tell me to reach out to Brian. Brian may be able to explain there is something that we are grandfathered in with that, that we did it that way. A few years ago, Judge Ed said that the retirees was going to go up like to $1,900 a month, and so they started paying a portion, like 500 bucks or something. It was some kind of, just to bring their, their portion down. And that made their families kind of left the retirees. It was a huge increase on the retirees. Is the is the total cost on here for the county for each option? For what it would cost us, I think there is a spreadsheet. I didn't include it here. If I took whatever we went with and I applied it to each whatever everyone has, each plan they have to see a rough number of what each department, each departmentalized, what their what the county costs would be. Yeah. I can create that, but I didn't want to enter into creating that if we don't know how we're absorbing it. I mean, it'd be nice to see what the difference, how much more it would be if the if the county right. would split the cost with the employee or if the county would just do it all together. Okay. What the cost difference would be for the county. Total. 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 Total all the way across the board. Okay. And could you send us these? Yeah. Yes. Email to us? Yeah. I want you to get that spreadsheet. She can send yeah. it If you had to guess, what does it cost in the county a year for the retirees that we're on this family thing that we're paying part of their insurance? I I couldn't even make up a number for you right now. Would I don't think it's drastic. No, I don't think it's probably not. It's really high because you don't have very many people right. on on yeah. the plan. If you because you said you're only contributing towards like three of them. Yeah. Three of them, and you're contributing how much towards each one of them? We'll say four hundred dollars. So five hundred, yeah. So very, very significant. Yeah. That's probably the ones that don't, that aren't old enough for Medicaid. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, what is it? Yeah. So that's someone started right. the county at eighteen, worked twenty five right. years, yeah. retired. Yeah. early retirees. There's some. I think the Reed was the one that retired when he was like sixty, and his increase was going to be to nineteen hundred dollars. And so Judge Ed went and talked to them, and they kind of split it, came up with a four or five hundred dollar okay. amount. That sounds good. Yeah, but that, because he had Madison's family, he was on that. If it was yes. just the employee, he wouldn't, we wouldn't have done that. Because yeah. he had five yeah. more years to get the Medicare. So what, are you going to come up with a proposal and bring it to us? Which, 
This is just a couple of options. Yeah, wanted to see where we were leaning towards on the absorption so it wasn't creating five spreadsheets. Where are we leaning? Where are we leaning? Well, I'm just like to see. I would like to see what the difference is, like the total. Right. I mean, that would. The total. Yeah. That would help you make a decision. All the people currently are on. We're going to be having a special meeting anyway. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Dr. Trill, should we? Monday, we'll be able to have that shut then. I'm just bring this back with it on Monday. I'm against. Well, it's not on me Monday, I think. Okay. Okay. Oh, the worst one. <laughs> it's the one that employees. Is that yeah. the one that would cost you We'll get it together and we'll get it out to y'all by Monday. How's that sound? Monday evening. I do you time to call Monday's payroll. Okay. All right. Any other questions? And uh, you know, if if you guys have more questions, once you have the spreadsheet. If you want to look at in anything, feel free to reach out to me and I'm happy to you, you answer your questions. Insurance guys that have walked in with a smile on his face when he's telling us our rates. Hey, I like my job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's another option too. Is on the PPO is raising the deductible 
basically two 75-year-olds. I've got some 70-year-olds and some 60-year-olds. And when they need to be replaced, they most of them don't make $17 an hour. So I increased the pay to a starting pay rate at $17 an hour with a minimum of 28 hours or maximum of 28 hours. So I took my position, divided it into two, and put it in that position into part-time, just to increase their pay. Does that make sense? Kind of and then the salary <coughs> attendants, that's the three people that are over there, like David, Daniel, and used to be Donnie. If you look out there, it says a 7% increase. That money came from my position. They're not getting a 7% increase. It's still money that was in the budget. Overall, if you take all of that money in my budget, it's only a 2% increase for salaries. We're just taking it and moving it all around. Does that kind of make sense? So the, the part-time people, they got a 5% increase, and the full-time people got a 7% increase out of the money that was there, which was a 2% increase on my total salary budget. I don't think it's very much. Um, then we go down the rest. I mean, fuel, of course, uh, projected with Cindy had figured was 17,000, so I put 20,000 for the year. That may be a little bit high, but we don't know. And um, on hardware and supplies, with adding the Warrington location, I increased that a couple of thousand. Uh, on communications, <clears throat> I am getting rid of the fax line, so that should come down uh, for the year. For 2021, it was 2900 uh, It's 3000 I kept it, but I think that number's going to come down. But I left it in there. Uh, and then the equipment, same thing. I got a little more in there. Baylor's and, and different things like that. Anybody have any specific questions? Uh, but this all is contingent on if I stay over the recycling at no increase. I just get a sixty-six hundred dollars stipend. Well, why do you want to do that? With him well, doing I, this is what he's proposed, correct, Paul? Yes, I'm proud, but I would like an increase, but it's not in there because I didn't know how to put that in there. Yeah. It's sixty-six hundred dollars. I would like to take that to eight or ten thousand dollars, but that's a you know, where do we put that? Are you going to have time to be JP? I don't know how many hours. I'm, I'm very proud of the recycling program. Uh, if anybody knows me, I put everything into it. Yeah, yeah. Anything, but but if you if you don't be able to be there for six to six hundred dollars out of the year, then who's going to do what you've been what you're doing right now? Then, well, where, where are they going to get paid to do what you're doing? I mean, if you want to split that all up, that means you're not going to leave anybody in your position when you leave. Directly in my position, no. But that was the increase there from 99000 in the part-time to 142 That's provided that we can fill those two part-time positions that are currently open. Well, let's go back to the, somebody in charge down there. With everything we got going on down there, does, do you think that somebody needs to be down there every day of the week? I mean, that's up to y'all. You know, no, I'm, I'm asking you, I don't know. There's a lot of dangerous equipment that's going on down there. There's a lot of, 
you know, people showing up. There's a lot of uh, public relations stuff involved. There's a lot of decisions that have to be made on on other things, and I'm, I just don't know whether somebody wants to be down there all the time. <laughs> what, what, I mean, it's like anywhere. We're not with our guys all the time. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, those guys, you have to make sure you people below you are doing a good job. I mean, I think you need to be accessible. But I don't know if you have to be there. I mean, I know Paul right now is not there all the time because you're all the trailers all around. Uh, That's one way that I do is go to all the different sites and make sure that I know what's going on is because I do go every day and go get a trailer from somewhere. And I visit all the That's the other side. There's there's four or three locations. You can't can't be three places at once. Well, I'm I'm thinking more of the site. But there's a recycle center in Schubert. There's one out Antonio, and then Antonio, and one other. Orangeton. I mean, Fedville is just one one day a week that we're really manned. But you so right there, you have yeah. one or two employees that do the same thing every week. They know what they're doing. Like out here at the recycle center, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. Like the judge said, there's a lot happening out there every day of the week with between bailing and unloading, people coming in and out. You know, as long as you're sure there's going to be enough supervision over there, that where they're going to go like, well, we don't have a supervisor, so I know how that works with my guys. When the boss is away, the mice will play. So, I just don't think that, I mean, I just was, if you, if you feel confident in it, you're the one that's running it. But. Uh, if I, I think one of those things, <coughs> like Fletch on the guy was making $12 an hour, we're increasing to 17 I want to put that guy in Flat Tony two days a week and then him in LaGrange two days a week. That's going to alleviate that. A part of the, the help that we have a problem with. Same thing with the Nolan, the high school kid. He was making 11 bucks an hour. I'm increasing that to $17 an hour. So hopefully we can find good quality people to you know, fill those hours that are not physically going to be on site. Uh, that's why I want to increase you know, uh, David and Daniel's pay. They went from 1875 to 20 bucks an hour. That's a 7% increase for my guys. It's not me. I'm trying to, you know, they do more, they earn more, uh, uh, you, know, you get more responsibility, you earn more money. Same thing with this foreman position. You know, uh, if we can hire somebody for, uh, I have a guy, uh, he wants 22 bucks an hour. He's a welder, he's a very uh, educated guy, he's got a good background. I don't have that in my budget. That's a $39,000 position currently this year, right now. Uh, if we, I think I can find the money in the budget, get him in there, and uh, he'll work. He would be considered possibly the foreman, you know. And, uh, you, you know, you surround yourself with good quality people, you get a good quality product. I know there's a lot of, there's uh, the Warrington project. I'm right in the middle of that. Uh, there's three years of data. That's part of the reason that I want to stay over that. You know, it's not a lot of money. I mean, $6,600, I would like to, like I said, I'd like to increase that to 8000 but that's up to y'all. You know. I have just a little comment. As far as him being a JP and being able to do this, at least he's still doing stuff for the county, whereas the rest of our JPs don't. They take off, they go do something, and it's not county related. They're not always there at the office. Yeah, like, it's not always 
part time job looking for a church for Charles does his own thing. Dan does his own thing. She was just JP. And I think she's about the only one that is probably in her office all the time. So you feel all these positions, the full time one or the foreman and then uh, the part time one, that'll be enough help and everything you think? And, you know, uh, I'm hoping if we, if I don't stay over it, then we have to redo this budget sheet. So we have to keep that foreman position plus we need to keep Donnie's position. Uh, we want to bring in a foreman. You want to bring in somebody, pay him more money, you're paying this guy that you've had there for a couple of years. That's your intent. You want to, buy, you want to hire an outside foreman. You want to bring somebody in new and going to be over those guys. I ran across a guy that is, uh, <laughs> Uh, I went to school with him. He's a smart guy. His experience is forklift operation, and uh, he was a quality control inspector. I think he is very capable of doing the job. I would, I would think we would be messing up by not having you supervise over it in some fashion because <clears throat> it wouldn't be where it is without you. And like you said, you put your everything into it, and you got some projects out there in my area that haven't even got kicked off good yet, and you're the one that knows everything about them. And I think you got a very good idea of how it's going to be out there, and I'd like to see you follow through with it some way. Yeah, I'd like to see you stay over I mean, just the amount of money that you saved on just the brush grinding alone. I mean, that's a, what, 20? That was... Yeah, last year that was a twenty-five thousand dollars savings. I don't think it's twenty. I can't do calls back. The way that you educated the public on separating the plastic to where we can get more money and get more revenue in that way that helps support the recycling center. I mean, the recycling center in Schumburg, it is a happening place. It's booming on the weekends. There's a line out the gate. You got to wait to go dump your stuff and everything. And I mean, I know everybody's in support of it and stuff like that. I think he's brought it a long way. It used to never be that busy. It's way busier than it used to be. While we're talking about budgets and the mulch, I mean, are we to the point, shoot, I mean, I know it's more work, it's more equipment, looking into buying a piece of equipment. Because, I mean, we're just mulching more, just costing us more money. I mean, it's, and I don't know, I'm just posing this question. I mean, it, it is going to be a cost piece of equipment. So if, it's, if it's costing us $60,000 a year, we're doing it every year. I mean, and yeah, I don't want to cost some mulchers. I, I was going to say, because they're expensive. Yeah. So even if it's $300,000, I mean, I know there's wear and tear, but five years. Then what else would you have to have? Do you have to buy a tracker along with that? Well, we, it'd, take, no. it'd take doing something. You couldn't do it like we do now. You'd be doing it a little less time. But I don't want to take the more manpower. <laughs> I mean, just something to think about. Because it's, I mean, when I first got here, it's, I mean, you could count on twenty thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars, and all of a sudden it popped up to forty-nine, and it had gone down. And now he can't get anybody to come back. You would get a smaller machine, and you did it every quarter. Uh, I smaller machine. Do it. Have well, you ever seen the last machine? You had to go smaller than a bigger one. Last year they said that was the smallest machine. Oh, one thing. I had a guy pushing that brush up over there, and he said, you're going to find all kind of stuff in there that you don't want going through that machine. Anything from chain link fencing to chainsaw bars and because when they dump it you, these guys don't know what's in that pile I mean that, it seemed like you take a pretty good and you had a lot of logs on there that we couldn't hardly haul off with dump trucks they were so big I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm just 
posing that question to maybe start thinking about. I didn't know if a smaller one that we could maybe afford a smaller one. I didn't know if that would be even feasible for some of the stuff they go through. I don't we know. At least purchase, at least financing for that. What's the price? Do you have approved prices? I have no idea. I just did three hundred thousand just as a pure pure guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think it would be more than that. But it seems like every large piece of equipment we got, we buy is three hundred thousand. So to me, I don't think it would be more than that. I was I was told a million. I was going to say, yeah. That was I'll say a, yeah, that's a pretty aggressive machine. <laughs> and in the city of Brenham, they had one. They bought their own. I think they don't contract it out now. I think. Yeah, they do have. They but used to run their They they did a process. They have better quality control than they do themselves, and they actually they start selling mulch by the time they did. They wouldn't buy the by the scoop. You, you waited every just time. Just drove up with the Okay, you uh, no. said that. Uh, just, you said that uh, you can't get anybody call you back. Continuing this, so we're still taking brush in now. Megan Meyer is supposed to be out there the, by the end of the week. You told me that's okay. how I said it. So we need. I mean, you're in monitoring that though. So that $150 increase did not stop those guys that complained. Or not, it's, it was $135 increase. What if y'all are, I, mean, I, I don't know, I think I might have mentioned this to Jason a while back, but have you ever thought about like making some different products out of that mulch, like getting wind rowing it and getting it broke down into like actual compost and then you could sell it for more money? I don't think you have the manpower to do that. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Well, it's not just how much power, it's, it's space. space. Yeah. Isn't it the space how much amount of time we take for it to turn into compost? Yeah, we we, we really, when Doc Beach was here, we really went and wrote it because he'd stay there all the day when they were grinding it up and he'd make nice, pretty roads. But I mean, this last one, it was a windrow, but how much smaller would it I mean, it was 20 foot tall and 30 feet wide. But then you run the greatest time. Yeah. It, gets, it just gets in the way because you gotta be constantly. Yeah. And then you, I mean, to break it down, you need to turn it every so often, you know, and we, that's labor, di diesel, and all that. I know, but may, I mean, if you, I don't know, it might be worth looking into and studying it to see if if you if it could be a money making operation and offset some of those costs. You know? Paul, just an idea. Paul looked into too last last year on the deal with somebody to come in. Basically, we just give it to them, they grind it up, haul it off, and it was. $90,000. So it costs us more to have somebody come mm -hmm. in, grind it up, and haul it off. Yeah. With us. I mean, you think we're giving it to them, but it's freight. Because I mean, they, they need to go to a bigger city. Where it's going to be a lot of Shame, Casey. What's your current time on your department head? Balls. For second center director. <laughs> I think that's what we may call him. I mean, there is an option to burn it. It's not discouraged. It's just we can't we can't do that where it's at. So if we can if we could maybe lease some property from the landowner and adjacent if he'd be willing to, and kind of push it down. A little so bit. the only reason why we can't burn it there is because it used to be a Yes. But if we have a spot somewhere else, we can burn it immediately. TC, if you would allow us to do that, I believe so. So, so how many hours you envision you would spend in the recycling business? Okay, so if you had a guess, well, I guess I guess the question is, what would it take uh, at 
this pay rate at this this amount, this is only put me there five hours a week. If you increase the pay, of course, I'm getting more. Now, that's according to the pay. Mentally, I'm sure I'm going to be there way more. Well, no, and that, the question is, we got to pay you. Uh, and, and if you're telling me, well, based on the $6,600, I'm going to be there five five hours a week. Okay, so we need to But know, I'm probably going to be there how 25 many hours. hours. Do you, no, but that, we ain't doing that. We're not going to be there 25 hours. We ain't doing that. That's, that's too much responsibility out there. What? How many hours, do you have any idea how many hours a week you'll need to put it out there to do what you want to do? Keep it going. You're not going to be able to put as many as you are now. But how, how many? One thing that I... <clears throat> I have talked to Ski about is getting another forfeiture truck parking in Schoenberg so that when I'm in Schoenberg and I have an hour or two hours, the trailer is there, I can drive over here to a range so that alleviates the person from over there. We talked about hiring, me and Luke talked about hiring a person out in uh, uh, Round Top Warrington area that lives over there. They jump in the truck on Wednesdays and Fridays and they come in from over there. So that's part of just Strategically, strategically hiring people, you know, that live in a certain area so that they can come to it. I can't answer my question. It ain't sixty six hundred bucks. What is it? I mean, what do you think it is? Tell us. I mean, I mean, I would like, you know, if if we could get that closer to. You know, ten or twelve, five. That realistically, I think I could spend you know twenty hours a week there for that same amount. It's not going to be at my current current pay scale, but there's not just money invested. There's a lot of time invested, personal satisfaction with making the program. Yeah, but that is that kind of stuff. Buy clothes, personal satisfaction. Need to be compensated. That's a lot of responsibility out there. Again, I go back a lot of dangerous equipment, heavy equipment, heat, rain, sun, forklifts, people driving in and out. I mean, it's okay. I got anybody got any questions? What we just uh, is it? Do you is it pretty much uh, that we would like to keep? The judge on. I mean, the judge. Oh, he's well, a judge. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tell. Yeah, that's not there. Uh, judge, Grand Knight, I don't know whatever you want to call him, director. I have no problem with it. I mean, I think his heart's in it. I mean, I mean he needs to know. I, I think it's going to be hard to get somebody to basically be in it. The recycle center still doesn't have its direct path since we took it all from Road Bridge and to kind of finish getting that line up. I think it's going to take a, a few more years yet to go. I agree. Shows by the amount of people that are coming here, and it shows on the budget how much money we're making now. Off of it. Before it was a complete, a, a complete hidden money pit. Is nobody knew about? 
Is there any way, and it is probably just not the economical, but like the grade five plastics, there's just no market for it? There's a market, um, it's just finding the right buyer. So then that's another thing, you know, separating it out, more time, more manpower, and then getting a quantity that we could actually sell. Um, getting a quantity where we could sell it actually, uh, you know, get it to them. And plastic bags just aren't coming back? No, let's not do that again. That was a, that was a money big. Is there, when are we going to get to the point where we're not getting screwed anymore on the sides of the blue bag? I mean, <laughs> we're kind of stronger than we have to go to get You're not, bag. unless you got some old ones, but that's, that's well, over. That already, that, already that, that already cycled through. That already cycled through. I think it, yeah. it only was going to take them like six to eight weeks, maybe, right? <clears throat> to cycle through those? Look how much money it's after. Uh, <laughs> That was so the, the bags now are the bigger, like eight foot. Back to the oh, yeah. Yes, they're the size. I don't think okay. happens, and you may what have What size are the ones you have? I don't think, like, all the schools bring their cardboard and all that. And that is a lot that I think, right, Paul? All the schools don't bring all their cardboard and everything to you. That's and it. that is something that made money for y'all, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, last year alone, we increased the cardboard by 100, uh, 100 times. So that's part of why we're um, building that site by Morrington because you have more Well, people that shop off of online, you know, avenues. And, and another thing, he's limited to space with that cargo trailer where if he had a bailer out there, we wouldn't have to say, no, you got to take it to town. We can just bail it. Yes. Right now, we have to turn a lot of them and say, no, you're just going to have to take somewhere else. We can't handle that much. But I don't think the schools, correct? The correct. schools don't the all bring the cardboard to him where we would be making more money off of that if we could get them to do that. Schools would bring it. Well, what are they doing with their cardboard? Schulberg just puts it in the dumpster. What range? LaGrange, LaGrange, they bring it twice a week. Okay, so they do. Well, maybe we should be a little trip over there. And we pick up the the rowdy as out there. When when the guys go uh, to Carmine, they'll pick up the round top school and then the Carmine school on their way through. And they, they got students that are in the recycle programs that actually come out and help them with it. Same thing with Fedville. Fedville also, yeah. Okay, so we got to move on. Uh, we made that decision. we got to look at the 6600, get it up there around 20K or whatever we were talking about. That was the sheriff. Okay, hey, thanks. Thanks for what you're doing. We'll make this transition, Paul, and uh, we're, I'm glad that you're still, you're vested in that thing. And, and, uh, but at the same time, we want to treat you right. You do that. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. <clears throat> all right. Uh, now, this, the last one is the one where all, this, all the people are overpaid, right? Okay. <laughs> well, it's time to go. Yeah. So, I often... I often point, uh, you know, everyone says people don't necessarily leave just for money, they leave for management. 
Um, but I think there's some truth to the fact that if you don't have a turnover problem, maybe you don't have a uh, you know a problem with that other stuff. So uh, we're in a hard spot. Healthcare got a really big hit. Um, you know, it's interesting to hear the sheriff's take on their department's hit with COVID. Um, our department certainly took a hit. When I started in August of 2020, we were a full shift of paramedics short-staffed, and it uh, turns out no one was running to apply uh, in the middle of the pandemic. Um, we are now staffed all the way out to all of our paramedics except for one are filled, and we've got a stack of applications of people that want to work here. I credit that in uh, no short part due to y'all's investment last year to this year's budget for EMS and the money we've been able to leverage from federal and state grant programs to help us. And uh, that's why this year's budget is relatively kind of short and succinct. There are a couple of big items on there. Um, and, you know, I kind of want to discuss them. First of all, I did, I did suggest uh, a 3% raise for all of our staff in general. Obviously, I would graciously accept whatever the county did countywide. Um, I would... I would cautious, so we did a lot of work last year and I took stuff out of other places in our budget to give really healthy increases to our staff. Um, I would caution us against not continuing that momentum and keeping us moving forward because every other EMS department in the state of Texas is doing it. Everyone is pushing up numbers. Austin County EMS, it's, it was mentioned that it was so outlandish that paramedics make $60,000 a year. They make $68,000 in Bellville, Texas. They make $78,000 in Montgomery, Texas and Conroe, Texas. They make the same as we make in the city of Austin, but their pay goes up thousands of dollars every year, which is not something we have in our hiring program. So uh, I, think our, I think our paramedics deserve every cent of what they do. I also think every single one of our employees in our department, except for two, are out on the streets working 24-hour shifts. We don't have a lot of people taking up office space. Um, just you're not our employee. Um, we don't have a lot of people sitting in the office doing ancillary functions. Um, I try to handle, uh, along with Judy's help, and thank God for Angela, she helps us a lot too. Uh, aside from her regular duties, but aside from Judy and Angela, I, I try to handle most of the administrative function of the office, and I also have a responsibility to be out there on big scenes. Uh, so one of the moves that I've requested. Uh, when the judge hired me, uh, he asked me what, what my plan was for an assistant director. And what I told him was, I don't want to hire it until I know what I need it for. Because I don't want to just hire some random person and put them into the hole where we need them. I want to find what our need is and hire someone that fits that need. Uh, so I requested the salary uh, for an assistant director, which is just over what our captains make. I think our captains are right at 70, 72, and this is at 75. Um, I requested that in the budget as a full-time exempt employee. They'll have the same responsibilities that I have essentially, but their job function will specifically relate to clinical management of our department. So there's kind of two phases we operate at in my world. There's the operational world, keeping ambulances running, you know, making sure response times are down, the budget's being managed, the crews are being managed and led, and then there's the clinical side, which is directly what's related to patient care. The actual medicine that we're providing to patients. 
when we have critical patients and we're hanging IV drips and giving 600 milligrams of emergency medication while we drive to a hospital that's two hours away, um, having paramedics that are buttoned up and prepared for that challenge on patients that the second they get to the ICU can't even stay in an ER. They go straight to an OR, they go straight to an ICU. That's the level of care Faith County MS provides, and we're extremely proud of it. Katie uh, Ambulance has a separate level of certification for all of their employees called a CCPC, a Critical Care Paramedic Certification. All of our paramedics in Fayette County operate on a critical care level. They all are responsible for ventilators. They're all, uh, they're all responsible for IV pumps. They're all responsible uh, for managing very sick patients because we don't have the luxury of being able to have certain special paramedics in certain places in the county. So a clinical manager that can be in the department, be available in emergencies and crises to help us manage things, but also to manage the clinical care and training that we're doing for our employees and review 100% of our reports that we write. So this year we're on track to do, you know, 42 to 4,300 reports, if averages keep up. Every single one of those reports gets read by a supervisor. Every, one, every single one of those reports on our calls um, gets read by a supervisor, and every single time our ambulance leaves the station, they write a report. If someone sees Harvey fall down outside and says, call the ambulance, and we show up, and Harvey's like, don't get out of here, I'm fine. That's still a report. Um, if someone suffers a cardiac arrest in the parking lot, and we work it, and we get them back, and we save their life, and we take them all the way to Austin, it's the same report. And there's only about 10 minutes difference in the length of that report. Because where you get sued for is when Harvey tells you to go away, I'm not hurt, and you leave, and he has something wrong with him. And so we, we, we hold very high standards of our people, and our people are all out there earning it every day. So an assistant director, and then with the investment that you guys have used the ARP money to make uh, towards building the living quarters in the round top area, my proposal is that we get ahead of things rather than fall behind things and add a fully functional ambulance out there. We have the trucks to do it, we just need the people to do it. I would suggest three paramedics and three EMTs to make that a fully functional ambulance. Um, the, the middle ground on that is going three paramedics and making a squad unit. What that doesn't do is when we're out of ambulances, that doesn't necessarily give us an ambulance that can drive out the door and go to a call. Two times this week, we have not had any ambulances left in Fayette County. And it wasn't because of transfers, either time. It wasn't because we were parking people to Austin from St. Mark's. It was because 911 calls that happened in our county needed to go places, and we, did, we almost didn't have the ambulances to take We made it work. One of them was yesterday. We sent a call from Hall Creek Road to Zappalack Road. They were on a call when the call on Zappalack Road happened. They finished their business on that call. They left and they came to the call on Zappalack Road. So we're, we're getting, and that, that, this specific unit would have fixed that for being a problem yesterday. All right, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. And I'm trying to get to the sheriff on this a little bit. We've been a small rural county just saying yes to everybody and doing things because we all know each other and we're small and we're flexible and we can bend the rules and do what we got to do. But to me, when do we get to the point where the call comes in and 
there's two cows walking down this road and we got to send a deputy out there. Or a 9-11 calls, a 45-year-old man fell down and his knee hurts. And then we send an ambulance out there. I mean, when, when are you telling me by law we don't have a choice? No. I, so, I mean, I, I just sit here and listen to that on the radio and I'm going, man, can you not put that 45-year-old in the car and take him over to the emergency room with a hurt knee? That's what I do with my wife if she fell down and hurt her knee or something. I mean, I... I'm, so I, the, the only way in my mind to address that starts in dispatch. Um, and we do not provide, in my opinion, we, we do not have certain things in place that would allow us to triage calls better. Um, there's, there's a thing called emergency medical dispatch. It's a, it's a national standard, um, and, and it categorizes calls. If you call and say, if you call and say that I have problems... Is CAD supposed to help us with that? So CAD is a separate issue. CAD will empower us to make that transition more easily, but it's they're two very separate things. So... If you call me and tell me I'm having chest pain, hard to breathe, that. that call gets categorized as a delta level call. And that would have a tiered response to it. If you call and tell me my tooth hurts, that's going to get categorized as an alpha level call. And if we're slammed full of calls on the CAD screen, the supervisor or the dispatcher can say, well, this delta level call needs a, needs a medic more than this alpha level call, and they can triage that. They, you can also make... Um, it's not omega level calls. I think it is omega level calls. Omega level calls mean you're going to refer that some, something to something else. My wife fell and hurt me. We don't need an ambulance. We don't want to go to the hospital, but I need help getting into the call. It categorizes as an omega. Our medical director has to sign off on that. But if we categorize that call as an omega, we send a fire truck. Every single fire chief in this county is willing to help. They told us this. We send a fire truck. The fire crew gets there. They help the lady into the car. She goes to the hospital. Our medical director absorbs the risk, you know, and uh, we don't waste a valuable resource. We're not, I don't think we're there yet because. Bring this up. Is there any way what we're going through now to cut costs, cut expenses, cut? Before you start. Asking for more money or anybody, my question is, what can you cut? And if you can't cut anything, tell me you can't cut anything. But I think we have to look at the way we're doing, honestly, the way we're doing business in the times that we're in. So we, we run a very lean department as it is, uh, and we're going to increase our revenue. My projection for next year is we're going to increase our revenue by about $600,000. And I've only asked for a minus a potential raise that I don't have calculations on. We've only increased our budget $118,100. Questions and concerns don't apply necessarily to all apartments. Absolutely, I agree completely. Because I think you're doing a pretty good job. So, so I don't know, I don't presume to know the business of the sheriff or the county attorney or all these other people, but I think that I think that everyone has to take a look, you know, at their operations and make sure they're running their apartments in a in a good lean manner. All right. I think one of the biggest questions I'm going to, I'm going to jump in is the roundtop station. Do we want to put just a paramedic there or have a fully staff? You can, you, 
EMTs will work for thirteen fifty five an hour. Our EMTs work for thirteen fifty five an hour, and our paramedics make eighteen dollars an hour. Where do they make that up? And um, and I'm against Jason most. I'm against uh, the conversation where you say, "Look at the overtime. Look at the overtime. Look at the overtime." Because what what I want to look at is my employees work forty eight ninety six shift. They make eighteen dollars an hour. When you multiply that out by the numbers you need to, that comes out to for an EMT that comes out to forty thousand five hundred dollars a year, I think. Um, so that same EMT can drive to the unincorporated Katy, the Harris County Emergency Services District Number Forty Eight Fire Department, and they can sign up to be an EMT there. They can make about ten thousand dollars more a year and only work a fourth of the year, where our people work a third. The way our shifts work, you work about 10, you work about five 48-hour shifts a month, so 10 24-hour days. Um, and so they're on for two, off for four. Well, at you know Harris County, for an example, they work one day on, they're off for three. Um, so they work less of the year and make the same or more money. Um, what If we want to compare things, to be fair, I would like to compare... Okay, if we were paying our person their hourly rate and they worked this amount of hours, how much would they make? Um, I also don't think overtime is a healthy discussion with discussing employment, kind of as you were alluding to. I think if we're having constant overtime issues, we answer that with more people. Um, the uh, For us, just the way our schedule works, the overtime is kind of built into the, into the hourly rate. You don't make as much an hour because you're working overtime and people say, hey, I get four days off after my two-day shift. I'll do that and make a little bit less an hour, but, you know, averaging some overtime. But what, what, what I think this roundtop station is going to help with is I say bring on as an ambulance. I say bring on a paramedic and a basic, and if someone calls off for the day, instead of filling that with overtime, most of the time mandatory, um instead of filling that with overtime, reduce it to a squad. So you use that to offset what is generally a $500,000 a year overtime expense. You use those positions, which both of them, it's in the paperwork in front of you. Uh, I think both of them cost like $324,000. Can you do that if you have a license that's in round top? So say your EMT doesn't show up, your paramedic can go out in a regular so you can take the ambulance um, you cannot transport a patient that based on the way our ambulances are licensed you cannot transport a patient without one paramedic and one at least ECA licensed by the state in the vehicle so having that transport vehicle I mean there's in theory uh, emergency. Oh, it's, it's nothing now. It's not even a thing anymore. Uh, emergency medical response, EMR, is what they call it. So there's there's a there's a tiered system of certification in Texas. It starts EMR, which is emergency medical responder, which we don't employ. EMT basic, advanced EMT paramedic, and licensed paramedic. And I said four. Turns out. Um, so licensed paramedic is basically the same thing as a paramedic with a degree. Um, so the, uh, there's things on my whiteboard at the office that I would like to have accomplished. Uh, I really would like to accomplish degree pay. 
Um, I think it's something that when, when someone goes and gets an associate's or a bachelor's degree and it's applicable to their field of work, I think they should get rewarded for that. Um, but bigger fish to fry in this budget. And uh, like I said, you guys invested in us a lot last year. That's you know way more about it than we do. The sheriff's department actually has that. You know way more about this than we do. You know more about the calls. Which one would you pick if you had to pick one? Which one uh, would you prefer? As I alluded to in that uh, letter, I would I would pick the ambulance. I think what it allows us to do is it, it affects everyone in the county. So you guys know as commissioners on the south end, the call happens in LaGrange, nothing happens. A second call happens in LaGrange, which is still about 60% of our call. A second call happens in LaGrange, Medic 2 comes in. Now you don't have an ambulance. Another call happens, Medic 3 comes in from Flatonia. When three ambulances are on our call, no matter who the last unit is, they come to LaGrange because the odds say this is where the next call is going to be. So instead of abandoning the south end of the county because we run out of ambulances and this is what we have to protect if we're down, you know, this is our Alamo if we're out of units. Um, instead of doing that, we have one more piece of the puzzle. So we rob the south end less, the north end's not covered less, uh, it's going to impact having an ambulance out there rather than just stopping the clock and having someone there to hold your hand and start checking your vital signs. If something happens in Carmine or Ledbetter, you've got someone there in 5, 10 minutes rather than 20, 25 minutes. Um, and it gives us another piece of the puzzle. I think that's the biggest part of adding another ambulance is it puts another piece on the board for us. Um, and it is more expensive, but, you know, that's... The, the kind of the good thing about us is we're able, as long as these trucks, as long as the wheels are turning on these trucks and are running calls, generally we generate revenue. With well, that's the other thing you when we talked the other day. This may generate a little extra income on transfers. We so we turn we turn at least one transfer down a day. I would say because I'm not sending two trucks to Austin at the same time if I can help. And I'm not going to expect St. Mark's to sit on a patient that needs has needs that we're not able to fit. So Lee County comes in and they'll take one and they'll help us out. Uh, the same thing happens when Lee County's out of trucks and they've got a patient at St. Mark's. They'll call us, hey, we're kind of busy right now. Do you mind you know, taking that for us? And absolutely we do. But Columbus calls, Lavaca calls, St. Mark's calls. St. Mark's is kind of our priority because 90% of the people that go there are 70% of the people that go there are Fayette County citizens. Um, and we try and get them to Austin, but we still help our neighboring you know, facilities. More so than ever before, we've had to rely on Lavaca County and Lee County to help us out when things get hairy. It's not happening every day, but, I mean, I can't remember, before I came back, I can't remember a time where we were out of ambulances. And if we were... It was, we were, you know, one was about to be back from Austin, and, you know, we kind of fixed it quickly. Several months ago, we had a Lee County ambulance. I called Rodney, the director over there. I said, hey, we're out of ambulances, and it's going to be a while. Uh, can you send someone over the range and help us out? He's like, yeah, dude, they'll be there in 15 minutes. Give me a minute. Sure enough, they're, they're passing St. Mark's, and the call drops in Flatonia. That Lee County ambulance transported a patient from Flatonia to a hospital for us. Didn't, didn't ask you know a second question about it, uh, but that's someone sitting in my seat. I'm sure someone sitting in your seat. You don't want to see uh, another county's ambulance picking up the people voting for you, you know, in the 
And it's it's just you want your resources taken care of your people. And so I, I think that, that kind of stuff worries me and, and I do think about it. And well the, the biggest thing is the growth but a thousand calls in one year right. is kind of what we're looking at. Two years from now, three years from now, we go try to solve this problem instead of solving it right now. It's too late. You're gonna pay after you Uh, you'll see, I didn't request an ambulance in next year's budget. It's not because we don't need ambulances. It's because if we ordered one today, it wouldn't be here until 2024. So why write it in next year's budget? You guys have gotten us you know, three out of budgets and one out of ARP that's supposed to arrive soon. I say we address some other issues um, and we go back to ordering ambulances maybe the following year when this stuff hopefully calms down and maybe, maybe market conditions in the vehicle business change a little bit. I won't have to buy an ambulance. I've got I've got some yeah we, we have we we operate on some spares already. The the problem that that may end up posing long run is uh when we have a truck breakdown we only have one at a time I don't think that I mentioned that too is maybe since we're not buying ambulances putting some money aside in an equipment fund. Four because we know we're going to have to buy that one. Yes. Yeah. So, setting up a long term plan for vehicles, it's a little different for us because we need to buy one every year. We have seven now, we're going to move to having eight. So, we'll have five ambulances and three reserves. The, uh, the fire department that I used to work for, uh, our fire chief put, you know, $100,000 into his budget every year for a fire truck, and every 10 years he replaced the fire truck. Um, I don't know that it's super beneficial to do because that's kind of a every year purchase. It's not like we can really get ahead of that. Well, but it would certainly help us for the 2024 budget. Yes. If we did it now, it's one less thing we've got to pay for. Then. And unfortunately, you can't put ARP funds in and just hold it. The budget looks pretty impressive. You might have to sit down with me on mine. I'd be glad to help. Sorry, it's not a longer document, more justification. And I try to try to kind of give you the broad strokes. And if you have questions, I'll I'll always answer them for you. But um, like I said, I try to make it pretty practical. You 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 hassle me all the time about uh, the, the request, but you guys have done. <coughs> Since I've been here, you guys have empowered me to, to make a lot of changes and kind of get us caught up. And I'm okay pumping the brakes right now to enable you guys to address some other things. The, uh, the stretcher that you have in here for 40 and then uh, CPR, mechanical CPRs for 18, can we use therapy money for that? We purchase it by 2024. We have to spend all that money by 2024. So I also didn't include this in the budget um, because I figured it could happen at a later time and I didn't want to count our eggs before they hatched as far as the ARP is concerned. So like cardiac monitor is kind of a big deal. We've talked about it before. We use them on every call. Um, with this batch of funding that's out there, it would, it, it would be prudent to look at are we using the equipment that we think is best for our residents? I think there's some options out there that have a lot of benefit to us. There's there's some some monitors that look at 
you know, traumatic brain injury and what intracranial pressure is doing in the patient's head and allow you to change your treatment based on that. Um, there's CPR feedback built into some of these monitors. That isn't as relevant when you're using the Lucas devices for automatic CPR. Um, I really would like to look at our cardiac monitors and my gut instinct tells me, as a lot of other places around here have done, not necessarily in our immediate area, my gut instinct says if we look in the monitors, what we're going to choose to do is go with a completely new monitor, a different brand. Uh, it's made by Zoll. Um, I'm concerned about the amount of striker equipment we own. Currently, striker, I mean, you can look at the budget for this year in the expenditures accounts. Strikers made a lot of money off of us, um, which is okay because their stuff works. But they own our stretchers, our stair chairs, which, by the way, we were required by the state of Texas to have a device to move people up and down stairs. Stretcher, stair chair, our monitor, our video laryngoscopes, and I'm sure something else that I'm missing is all owned by Striker. What they did last year is they quoted us $30,000 for, for a maintenance, service maintenance contract. So we pay them $30,000, and if anything happens to a stretcher, a monitor, a stair chair, whatever, we don't pay a cent, they come out and they fix it for free. What, what I, uh, I challenge them on that, because that seems like a lot of money for stuff that, I, that we don't really have a lot of problems with. What they, uh, so I went to a pay-per-call structure, We've only used them twice, and it's been in the last couple of months. The first time they came down from Williamson County, he looked at a stretcher system that we had, and there was a, he couldn't reproduce the problem, but he said, you know, there's a part in here that has some wear. I'm already here. You spent a lot on me being here. This is going to be a problem. Let me fix it. It's 300 bucks. Uh, the bill for that trip was $900 for a $300 part. That took him 10 minutes to replace. The next week, we had a monitor issue. That's a critical issue. The guy came out, he unscrewed the face of the monitor, he plugged one thing in, there was a plug kind of half out, plugged it in, re-secured the monitor, left, $1,500 bill. I called Striker. I said, so, averaging these out, taking away the cost of price, you guys are telling me you charge $360 an hour for parts and labor, or for labor and travel. And I haven't got a straight answer yet. They were supposed to send me some, some customer-facing documents to justify their bill on that. It's not in this. Uh, if we go to Zoll, it becomes less of an issue. If we go to Ferno, it becomes less of an issue. We're still going to have business with them no matter what. So for about $30,000 that could be added to this budget, we could go back to a full coverage system for the next year, maybe catch up, get some preventative maintenance done, get some parts, and be covered in the increasing likelihood that we're going to have issues, as we don't for a period of time. Um, that's not in here, but it's something I wanted to discuss with you guys. And the reason I want to look at maybe earmarking $400,000 as a very crude estimate out of the ARP funding is if we decide to replace all of our cardiac monitors, trade all of the old ones in, or replace all of them. Um, and then if we decide not to go with that brand, we just go back to replacing you know, one a year until we kind of age out the stuff. That's not something I'd ask you to decide on now. I would ask you to consider earmarking probably 400000 of that ARP money, give or take, uh, for that project. But the uh, if the stretcher and, and uh, Lucas is something that you guys want to look at out of ARP too, I'd be supportive of that. 
but the service contract, I don't have, he still hasn't given me the updated numbers for what it would be next year, but I think the service contract in later budget conversations is something that we need to have. Because we've been lucky this year, uh, like I said, it was May the first time, or April the first time, that I actually saw what their bills are, and they're atrocious. They're just awful. And there's nothing we can do about it. All their stuff's proprietary. You know, they're the people that work on it. It's it's not a it's not a healthy position to be in. And I and I don't like being in a position where someone has that much leverage over our department's operation. So that's kind of where I'm at. We couldn't use the ARP money to get another ambulance because it wouldn't come in in time. Is that what you're saying? That's what Josh was saying, it has to be spent by 2024. And keep in mind, you know, we had just about a million left from when I listened to the report in April of the original. Uh, but you, you also have the Schubenberg cost now, we know what they are, so that's going to be up half of that. So we do have some things that we haven't charged to because we, the project didn't start by the Schubenberg. Uh, there are two projects, two requests that are going to come to you that are outside the county. One is the animal shelter and the other one is the Faison, or is that in house? Faison house. Um, they're, you know, between the two of them, I think it's 125000 total for the two. Other than that, you know, you, you know, we have talked with Fayette about helping them with generators if they don't get those, those grant, that grant. Uh, but other than that, you've got some money that, that you are going to have to spend. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very comfortable with the way we spend our money. I don't have any problems telling the trading department. We follow the rules. So if you want to stay along those lines, then, you know, Josh's department can certainly use. So there's no way you can ambulance by them? I can, I can make some more phone calls. And I can oh, check some different, I can <coughs> different vendors. So. They won't let you just prepay them? I mean, you have to have this in hand. I would be. So, so Tanner, time, yeah. Tanner is not going to be our salesman anymore. I don't know who our salesman with Susan Martin is going to be. Tanner took a very lucrative job working, you know, doing another thing, and he's still a Washington County paramedic, much to my chagrin. I've tried. Um, so I don't know who our salesman's going to be. The worry that I have about paying for something that far in advance is once they have your money, how much do they really care? Um, so I don't know. I can definitely talk. I can also push them, like, hey, you know, checks are in the right, tell us what you're going to do. Um, I think we may. I think they may just be telling people that. What I will tell you about the ambulance industry is uh, Wheeled Coach did a 20% increase, including or orders already placed, and told the customers that had orders in, feel free to cancel your order if you don't like it, and no one canceled their order. So it's just the ambulance world is insane right now. There's just... Yes, I, I've reached out to Frazier, I've reached out to, so we use Ron Demir's press line, which is the red group. I've reached out to the people that do wheel coach as well, and Frazier, and some other options. So there's other stuff out there, um, and I think Mark will shoot us straight on whether or not he can deliver. So, Brown, he's a Frazier now. I slid that 400k in here. <laughs> Pretty sure that's not the first time you've heard about that. Uh, for me, so. Okay. And again, I can't tell you guys enough. 
you guys have really enabled us to play catch up a lot this year. Uh, and I hope that looking at this year, this budget proposal, you see that I mean, there's not a whole lot of wants that we have. Like, I do want to keep moving forward and not fall behind. Um, I understand that you know things have gotten more expensive for the county. Things also get more expensive for our employees, and so that's why that's still in there. That's, that's right. I do appreciate you guys helping us out this far. We see other people on a daily basis with all the rigs on I-10 and 77. I mean, they're talking about professional. I think it speaks to the leadership they have at the top. So I don't mind supporting people like that to make the capital good and keep us all safe whenever we get the home we need. So I think they're well deserving of the equipment we do. So. Yeah, it's you guys. Yeah, when I call. I'll come personally if you call the right number. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, thanks. Uh, anything else? Seventy county division. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have a motion to end the. I move we accept all comments for the 2023 budget workshop. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion?